Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Deep Fried Thoughts Podcast, where we talk about all things currently frying on my mind. This episode's special guest is Tom Rainey. We uh, we discussed a lot of different things. We were all over the map a little bit, from anime to politics to guns. Uh, Tom recently came back from California uh, with his family. They were not on a vacation. They were living out there for a few years, uh, and they have just recently moved back. So we we got to talk about what it was like being out there during the what seemed like the apocalypse. Um, definitely an exciting time to be out there, whether that was good or bad. It's definitely exciting. So we talk about that, what it's like to be a parent uh, and a Christian in today's society and the challenges we face. And uh, yeah, we had, a, we had a pretty good time. Hey, before we get started, I do want to mention that this episode is going to be the last one for about two months. We're going to be taking uh, one month off. So this would be a good time to catch up on old episodes. I'm going to be heading out for a few weeks on vacation. It's just a little bit much uh, to try and uh, fit uh, scheduling-wise uh, another guest in uh, during like the one week I'll be, I'll be home. So anyway, like I said, take this time to go back and check out some episodes that you missed or re-listen to some of your favorites. And feel free to hit me up or check us out on the Instagram. I'll be posting some stuff in the stories uh, of my trip, heading out to New Mexico to uh, visit the in-laws. Then going to Texas for a wedding and hopping in an RV and taking a nice long cruise back home. So anyway, um, I will miss you guys. I hope you enjoy this episode. And without further ado, here we go. Deep Fried Thoughts. Mmm, it's the best podcast. Deep Fried Thoughts. Don't worry, we're working on a better intro. All right, dude. So welcome. Good to be here. Good, good to have you, dude. So you were just telling me uh, before we started, you had just moved in. I forget what I even cut you off telling me. Yeah, we just moved back in November, and we we just closed on a house in February in media, and then we moved into it Friday, and literally starting Friday night, Rowan, my son, started throwing up, and that's it's fine. just been like a run for a straight week. So, and that she he's passed it on. Yeah, that's why I was saying it's it feels like it's been a long first week in the house. But uh, yeah, we're we're here. We're uh, it's a it's a new house for us. It's exciting. Um, has a ton of really cool features. Like one of the coolest things is it has this huge industrial range in the kitchen. Oh, that's awesome! It's like a six gas burner, uh, yeah, but cool. electric ovens, two electric ovens under it. Nice. And then the uh, like the overhead, uh, what's it called? Like the microwave? The vent. The vent oh, is like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's probably like six feet. Like it's huge. That's cool. So we've been cooking on that, which is like a lot of fun. Yeah, that's, that's like sweet. one of our family things. Like we all love to cook. It's like a fight over like who gets the opportunity to cook the food. So that's yeah, been fun. Yeah. Those vents, I didn't realize like how necessary. Not Well, obviously they're necessary. But when I mm-hmm. we were just looking at the gas stove I put in on the island. Yeah. Jenny was, the one thing she said was I don't want a big vent hanging in the middle of the kitchen. Really? And I was like, oh, I was like, well, look at these. These are like, I was typing in like modern uh, vents for, you know, modern kitchen vents. Mm-hmm. And she's just not in any of them. So I was down to like three different models that had the down vent and would fit that because the vent is built in to like pull oh, down. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and they were sold out. It took me about a year to find that. Was it uh, because it had microchips in it that we couldn't get? Or was <laughs> Probably. It shipping lane issues. Dude, it, it, it was definitely like a supply issue. Yeah. I went everywhere and I find that finding it at Best Buy while I was getting my phone fixed. I was wow. just walking, I was like, hey, do you guys like have this model? I've been looking for this for a year. That's so funny. And he's like, oh, I can get it to you in like 14 days. I was like, Ugh. absolutely. 
I'll take it. Yeah. One of the weirdest things when we lived in California, my friend Roger sent me a picture. He was flying out of San Francisco. And in the bay, um, he sent me a picture, and it was just all these, like, giant, like, carrier ships just sitting there, you know? And oh. we would, like, text each yeah, other, yeah. like, oh, there's that stuff I ordered, just, like, <laughs> waiting for it to get to land. But it was surreal. It's like, you know, you'd see pictures of it in an article or something. Yeah, I was like, just going to say, you're right by the water there, but we were seeing, uh, yeah. like, screenshots of maps that showed, like, the barges, and oh. it was just, like, surrounding the U.S. ports of just, like, all these, it looked like it had chicken pox of, like, all the boats that just weren't allowed to come in. I'm yeah. just like, I don't understand. I still don't get it. I don't understand half the stuff that's going on. I assume that there's more than I know because, you know, in your field of work or my field of work, whatever field of work you're in, you know, people might not understand things and you can shed some light on it, right? Sure. Um, So I'm assuming some of that is at play. But there's just too much going on and too much that sounds so weird. I'm like, there's no way it all fits into I just don't know. I think some of it is just either being done poorly, Mm. uh, whether it's legislation, whether it's bad management or just people so hurt from you know the past two years of the pandemic that people just i don't know were maybe taking advantage or malicious i really don't know what it is but i don't i found myself to where i don't trust anything anybody says like when someone tells me they don't have something available i'm like i I don't know if i even believe the reason they're they're giving Uh, i just i don't know i've just become very skeptical that's super interesting i think that i've defaulted to this position of like all of it is probably true to a degree Mm. like I think everybody has a piece of the truth, right? Regardless oh, yeah. of like where you fall on the spectrum of things, like you you believe like some truths and some half truths and some lies probably. Mm-hmm. I've been reading this book um it's called Denying Yourself to the Grave, I think, or Denying to the Grave. And it, it it's funny to read it after the last couple of years because it's it's basically laying out like all these things and this wasn't written recently, I don't think. But it's laying out all these things that like people tend to fall into like uh they talk about conspiracy theories and all this different stuff right and it's interesting because i'm reading it now having just gone through i mean when we were in california it was like we landed there in november 2019 this was, yeah right so before we were everything there, right yeah. we were there for literally like the fires for covid for the election for like everything the recall election we were there for like so much stuff. I mean, there were droughts there, which I never really experienced before where you're like on water restriction, which if you're a Californian is like so normal and you're just kind of like, oh yeah, that just means like try not to let your neighbors see you watering the grass, but like everything's <laughs> fine. But yeah, I've wondered how that stuff goes because yeah. some of the restrictions, I'm like, well, I see people swimming in their pools. I mean, yeah. people's lawns look great. I just don't get it. That's it seems the biggest very much indicator. Like... Anyone who has green grass in California is watering their grass because there's no way that it would stay alive otherwise. Gotcha. Right. So as soon as there's water restrictions and people still have green grass, you know, they're probably leaving their sprinklers <laughs> on and yeah. they're not supposed to. So you just got to avoid the snitches. Yeah. Yeah. Where I worked, like the campus is immaculate. Like you can't believe it. Like there are aloe plants, like as tall as like a person, you That's know, crazy. And you would be like, how is this possible in the desert? You know? And the only, the only reason it's possible is because of money. Right. Like you, I mean, I was talking to somebody about this recently, right? Like the whole Silicon Valley, I think it used to be called Death Valley. I might be wrong about that, but I mean, it's basically been manufactured. Like no, no people would really be there. I think it used to be like military primarily. I remember getting that idea when I was in Vegas. Yeah. Once I left like the strip, I was like, this is really weird. You get to a place in, in Vegas where you're like, you can tell 
like you've gone outside of the city limits and it's just flat and there's nothing. And you're like, whoa, I like drove out of civilization. California is not totally like that because it's so, well, I guess Nevada is probably the same way, but there are, in the valley, you're like enclosed in like mountains. So you probably don't see out that way, but once you got past them, you would. Is this guy from Attack on Titan? No, but it's funny you say that because I was just looking to add something from Attack on Titan, but I couldn't find anything. Who is that guy? That's Ryuk from Death Note. Death Note. Have you ever seen Death Note? I haven't. Um, one of the kids I work with, it's like big in anime. Like I always watched anime growing up, but I, not like big like yeah. him. Like he knows everyone. Like you know, he's seen like the classics, um, but and also like the new, like more modern stuff. Like Attack on Titan, I'll never watch. I know I won't. I love it. I know I won't watch it. I don't like. I, yeah. I, I'm starting to like anime. I didn't grow up with it. I saw Death Note, loved mm. it, and then I've been looking for something ever since. And I found Attack on Titan, which I really liked, and then one of the show I can't remember the name. It was like one season. Gundam's the only thing that's kept my attention, like yeah. all these years. Is that still airing or no? Um, it's like Star Wars for Japan. So they make new stuff all the time. I think there was a new one that came out last year. They released direct to Netflix called Gundam Hathaway. It's about a. It, the character is the son of a character that's like all the way back to the original, mm. but they're really very connected, but it's across like different places and times and stuff like that. So you could start it now and be fine. Um, a lot of it's on Netflix. Like the originals are all in there. I've seen it on there a bunch. Yeah. And really I was like, uh, I was Googling like, you know, uh, anime like death note. And yeah. I just, there was like a lot of people that did Attack that, like Titan. had lists yeah. And yeah, I just started going one by one and hating them all, and then Attack on Titan stuck. Although, I think it was on Hulu or Netflix. One of the two had two seasons, mm-hmm. uh, or one season. And I watched, and I was like, oh, that was great. It ended in like a weird place. And I thought it was, it didn't say season one. Whatever I watched, it was just like, I thought it was just like 30 episodes. And I was like, all right, I'm into this. Like, I'll finish yeah. it. And then when it ended, I was like, oh, wait, that was like a to be continued. And then I looked it up and found out there's like five seasons or yeah. four seasons. You have to use Crunchyroll. I'm not super into the, well, jumping onto something that's so big and massive to yeah. jump on. Oh, Crunchyroll, is that is that like the anime mm-hmm. um, streaming? Everything's on there. I dubbed, don't know if I like. Or not dubbed. I don't know if I like anime enough to do it. You can get it for free and do ads, or you can pay and have no ads. I didn't know that. Yeah. That'd be probably a much better place to find something I like. Yeah. I'm the guy that's like, hey, where do you watch that thing? And they're like, it's always, dude, like, stop asking. It's just on Crunchyroll. Like, it's just, that's where it is. That's so weird. Yeah, I didn't know. I just, I'm an idiot. Yeah. I I got a little bit more into it because um, my friend Max at work was, like, talking about it. And I was like, yeah, I kind of know, like, a little bit about it. And, like, watch something he recommends, something like that. If you want, you could try uh, this one called Iron-Blooded Orphans on Netflix. That's a Gundam series that's kind of like detached from the main narrative. That's a cool one. And that would that be all right to just start? Yeah, I wouldn't miss anything. Of course, yeah, you wouldn't miss anything. People were telling me Full Alchemist. Yeah, I've heard that that one's good. Full Metal Alchemist. Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a really old one. I think it's called Akira, um, or Akita. That's like the that's like a rite of passage one. It's about like a kid who drives a race car. Okay, I was thinking maybe it had something to do with Death Note. No. Because I think that's the name he uses. It could be. Or I think it's Akira. 
Yeah, it, it could like be a like killer. a tongue in cheek thing. Like he, I could, uh, I should set you up with Max. He'd be an interesting attendee for your yeah. podcast. He's like a, he used to be a nationally ranked Magic player. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> he's he's a cool kid. Um, he's That's probably funny. like, oh man, how old is Max? He might be twenty five, but. Yeah, he his knowledge of this stuff is like other world. You, you would that's be like, why that's who's oh. gonna tell me you know what I'm gonna like yes. based on liking Death Note. Uh-huh. There was one I found. I had talked about it on here before, but um, it was on one of the streaming major streaming services, and I was yeah. just typing in anime and clicking on things over and over because I I when Death Note ended, I was so hungry for more. Yeah, and I realized that I think that was there's just nothing like it, and I mm-hmm. just need to accept that that is what it is. I love I love it. Yep, uh, but. I found this one where it's like every episode, it was like 20 minute episodes and every episode they would, two people would die. They mm-hmm. wouldn't tell you how or anything. You just know they died. And then they would, the episode would open with them both coming out of an elevator that opens up simultaneously, like next to each other. And it's about two people that died at the same time. And something, uh, one of them is going to be going to heaven and one's going to be going to hell. Yeah. And so they basically have to find out who they truly are in their heart of hearts. So the elevator opens. They don't know they're dead. They're in a bar and they go up to the bartender and he's like, Oh, do you like games? You know, kind of like, it's like a saw setup. But anyway, he opens up a game and each episode is a different game they play that is physically, I don't want to ruin anything if anybody watches it, but, um, it like takes a physical toll on them in some way. Yeah. And through, yes. And yeah. through the, like one of them was darts and Oof. every area that they hit the dart would actually pierce that, portion of the body of the other person so like heart lung things like that so it puts them through like these vigorous tests to help draw out who they really are and see who was truly the good and who Mm. was the bad it's a very weird way to look at everything but it was really interesting like the stories were for like a 20 minute episode they went through a lot of like human um just relationships and just who we are at the core and i thought that was really interesting they do a really good job i mean i think a lot of people think like, it's funny. People will hear, like, oh, Tom Tom watches anime. Like, what? That's so weird. But it is kind of, like, just a different genre of TV. Like, oh, yeah. the themes that are captured in those types of things aren't for kids at all. No. They're very adult-oriented. The only anime I ever knew as a kid was when Pokemon. You know, the internet became available. And we right. were just watching just the most violent, brutal stuff. And, yeah, and it was like, oh, I thought Pokemon was anime. And it's like, what is this? Right. Um Dragon Ball Z, everybody Never was on that when it. we were kids. That was like, because we went to karate as kids, so like everybody at karate was watching Dragon Ball Z. So that was like a, that was probably like a gateway thing for us. But my grandparents had Cartoon Network, and they had uh, I forget what it's called. Everybody always says Adult Swim, but it wasn't Adult Swim. It was just like at a certain time of the day, it was like anime shows mm-hmm. came on, and it was Dragon Ball Z and Gundam. And those were the ones that I like kind of always stuck with. You should try Iron Blooded Orphans. Let me know what you think. I will. No, I'll check it out. <laughs> yeah. There is another one I had. I had I have like a little list going. I'll have to add that to it. But um, yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm looking for something new. And I'm like realizing that there is more to it than I do enjoy it. Because for a while, it was just like, it was like the nerdy kids when I was growing up sure. watching. And I was like, I don't want to be part of that. Yeah. I And then even things that were popular, like Dragon Ball Z, like I feel like broke through that barrier. I don't know why I do this, but I, I know I'm not alone. And just like if something becomes popular, I'm just like, I don't want any part of it. Well, there's a word for that. The hipster? You're a contrarian. Oh, I was going to say, because it's not like a hipster thing where it's like, <clears throat> oh, I was into it beforehand. Um, I just, sometimes things get so big. I'm just like, I just, yeah. 
I don't want to be part of it. I used to do that too. I probably still do it. My wife would say I still do it. But I, I have this really clear moment I remember where like somebody was like, hey, have you heard the new Coldplay album? And I was like, I don't listen to Coldplay, you know? <laughs> and yeah. then like literally I remember like a clear as day, like a couple months later, I heard like XY for the first time. And I was like, this is actually really good. Is that one of their, I actually don't yeah. listen to them either. Yeah. XY That's, is like, yeah. is a less popular album of theirs, but like their earlier stuff, like Parachutes, Rush of Blood to the Head, XY, actually really good. <laughs> and then I started being like, I got to stop just being like, everybody likes that. I can't like it. So you might turn around on those, dude. You never know. The last big you might one be cheating I did yourself. Was, I, maybe. The last big <laughs> one I did that too is um, Game of Thrones. Yeah. So I'm, um, I'm like everyone's worst nightmare with Game of Thrones because I hate I hated the show, but I love the books. So, I've read every yeah. book. I've read the books that came after the books, the books the precursory oh, wow. to the books, and I'm waiting every day for him to put them. He still has two books to write. So I've gotten through the first one now. Yeah. I think the last time I mentioned I was like halfway through. So I've, uh, the first one is done. Um, I really liked it. And then when I was done that, I started watching the show. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is like really spot on. But I was told that it's no. like that in the beginning and then ends. And it, it only took like five or six episodes where it was like already starting to drift. But the first like yeah. two or three episodes, I was like, this is like so spot on. I feel like I'm watching the book physically play out. They're doing it again. This new thing that they're doing, The House of the Dragon or whatever. I saw that. I saw the trailer. The, the book is called Fire and Blood. I read that probably like a year or two ago. It's really good. Actually, it's probably longer than that. Maybe even like three years ago. But I saw the trailer and I was like, I'm not watching it. I'm not. I, I did the same thing. I just saw it like a couple nights ago, and I was like, mm, nah. You could watch. You could read Fire and Blood before you finish the rest of the books, and it wouldn't matter. It's yeah. precursory to like the actual what they call it as a Song of Ice and Fire. That's like the right. series. But yeah, do, do you read a lot? Um, not as much as I would like to. <laughs> okay, I'm in the same boat. It was actually Mike Gaglione when he was on here. Yeah, he got me kickstarted back into reading. Yeah. Um, but now I have books all throughout the house. Like everywhere you, where I would sit in the house, oh, there's a book. Yeah. And I've either not opened it or I'm reading like you know three books at a time, and mm. I'm I'm like I don't know if I'll ever finish any of these, but it's definitely sparked my interest in reading more at night. You know, I'm not always watching a movie in the last yeah. you know hour and a half or two hours I have. I'm like I'm gonna crack this book open and, and get a little further when it's a couple chapters for me it's all about the book like i think somebody like mike yeah, mike and i are close mike mike reads because he just wants to know more i have to be like entertained you know and it's hard for me to find a book that i'm really like entertained by mm -hmm. you know but i feel like once you find a book that you are entertained by you don't stop reading it so right i uh i guess i'm both Mm -hmm. I, I mostly like to read because I want to know something more. Mm -hmm. So like the but book that got me into it. it faster it, than reading a book? There's something that retains better in reading it. Like, I don't know. And you know, I guess it's not even necessarily that. That was, that was totally something that I'm told and not something I believe. I can't believe I just said that. So anyway, <laughs> what it really boils down to is when I see people like Mike, I would have assumed you were more like this because you're, you're somebody that seems like you think things through when you speak and you're very level-headed. But there's certain people, um, like even like Bob. Yeah. You know, Mike's dad. He's a reader. They are readers. And it's not, that's not the first thing I find out. It's usually I'll, I'll look at somebody or I'll hear them speak or talk. And I'm like, man, this person just is so knowledgeable. And like they're very reserved in the things they say. And I'm like, they could jump in at any point in all these different conversations, but they don't. 
Uh, and I always wonder why, like, what is this or where do you get all this knowledge from? Uh, and most of the people that are like that um, are readers, yeah. are like heavily into reading. So that was why I was like, before Mike came on, I was like, what's a book I should read? And we did The Great Divorce and spoke about oh, yeah. it. So that was the first book I read in like two years. Um, and it was great and got really into it. And then he had suggested I read this book, which I bought while we were talking um, on the podcast. And it was called Lessons in History. Mm-hmm. That I've one was the epitome of zero entertainment, 100% knowledge. Mm-hmm. And it was hard. And I'm talking, it's like a little thin book, but it was... I don't know of any book I've ever read where I was like, all right, I'm done that chapter. I'm going to go back about five or six pages and start completely over because yeah. there was too much. I, I mailed that intense. book to a lot of people. The like, histories or yeah. lessons from history. Yeah. You're talking about the one by, um, it's a husband and wife. They yeah. wrote like a massive amount of history books and boiled it down into this one. I'm uh completely blanking on their name, but yeah, uh, lessons in history by, um, Oh, man. Is it lessons from history or lessons in? That that book I sent to a lot of people like two years ago. And it was cool to come back and see. I think Bob has it in the bookstore. I just noticed that like two weeks yeah. ago, yeah. A lot of people read that. I don't I don't even remember. I might have even sent that to them. Uh, Durant. Will and Ariel Durant. Oh, yes. Yep. Yeah. That's a really good book. Because somehow they synthesized everything down from they wrote like volumes, yes, and they synthesized it all down to that really, really. It's thin like a bathroom book, book I would yeah. call it, like a and little you bathroom read it, read. And you're like, wow! Like anecdotally, they captured a lot of things that are really true. I mean, I I liked it because it probably like it probably made me feel vindicated about some things that I think, mm-hmm. right? Like absence of God is communism. Right. Like you, you kind of read that and you're like, there's no hope for society without some sort of like higher, Mm. um, authority. Right. And he, he looks through that and he's without being aggressive about it, he does pretty clearly state it. And everyone was really up in arms like two years ago, I guess it was, you know, like what's happening. And I think reading that, I felt sort of vindicated for like feeling the way I felt because, I don't know. He's not like a Christian guy coming at it from the angle of like, you know, I grew up evangelical and this is my perspective. Like he's just looking at it from the perspective of like civilization has risen and fallen on this thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the that's pattern, an awesome yeah. book. The patterns that he talked about. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the, I definitely got vindicated in, in a lot of those thoughts as well. But the biggest thing, biggest takeaway I had from that was like, realizing the patterns in history are just destined to repeat. And yes, this yeah. might be the last time or we may just be, you know, at another tide turning. Mm-hmm. And it made me a lot more calm and understanding that this is just who we are as, as human beings. This is our species mm-hmm. and this is what we do. And I'm, I can calm down yeah. and I don't need to know everything that's going on. I don't need to listen to a million podcasts <laughs> that are just based on politics. Like right. now it's like Tim pool. I listen to about every day cause you know, it's not just politics, but, um, and he's not so serious about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and Shapiro every once in a while, but I can't do Shapiro every day. Like I just can't get sucked into that mentality. Cause I don't care anymore. Yeah. I mean, I, I care to like, I care about my kids. I care about the future my kids are growing up in. I care about things that affect me daily. Mm-hmm. Um, I care to a degree, but I don't care so much that that's my identity. Like my identity was definitely becoming politics and I see the world doing that. Like it's yeah. pop culture is now, politics and mm-hmm. that to me is bizarre I was thinking about that today at work like 
like this transition of like politicians being nobody to like now they're household names, not mm-hmm. just for the people that are into it, but everybody. And then you got AOC, which love her or hate her, like she is a social media mastermind. Like I, yeah. she just, she's that generation. She hit a, a spot and knew, you know, she filled a void. And that wouldn't have happened if pop culture hadn't become politics. And mm-hmm. I think we're either, it's either going to reverse, which is unlikely, or we're going to start seeing more AOCs, regardless of the, what position they, they, they stand. Yeah. I think that is the future of politics, because why, why wouldn't it be? They are celebrities now. And I don't understand why. And, you know, it's not the kind of celebrity I want. I don't no. want people looking up to that. It's dangerous. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, I guess. You think about those people, they're supposed to be civil servants. And now, like, they're at the Met Gala, right? And you're mm-hmm. like, what? Um, very weird. It is weird. It feels like, you know, I guess it's tough. Like, you asked at the beginning about, like, you know, like, what's real, what's not. I, I still feel like no one really knows. I think we're all kind of, like, looking through a glass dimly mm-hmm. to a degree. And... Everybody has, like, little pieces of, like, what seems true, what doesn't seem true. So, yeah, I don't know. I read that book and I felt better about things. I read a lot of books last year that made me feel way worse. Like, I read a book by Erwin Lutzer, um, We Shall Not Be Silent, I think it was called, where it's basically, like, everything's over, it's a disaster, try to preserve what remains. And I read that and was like... I couldn't do it. This is how I so feel. discouraging, you know? Yeah. And now I'm reading this book, Denying to the Grave, which is literally like, it's like vaccine hesitancy is a conspiracy theory. Here's all of the evidence that supports it. Like, and this was written way before COVID. And it, it's like so many different things like that, where it's like, these are all strongholds in people's minds and they're denying the things that would actually save them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... I could you could pick up a book that literally tells you anything and oh, yeah. all of it would be backed by like five universities and like Oxford and like you know like doc you know you just kind of get to this point of like I don't know I like I you have to get comfortable with the reality of like you just don't know Oh yeah that's maturity Yeah you can I mean you can prove <laughs> any point now yeah. and it's like half the people will prove a point with an article that they read nowhere past the headline Uh uh-huh. Headlines are a big thing too. Um, this is from Tim Pool again, but he—I forget what like theory it was, but it was like whatever the article the question in the article headline is, the answer is no. Mm. And so I've taken that um, pretty much to heart. And like at first, I'm like, I'd have to read this article. It's like, is I don't even know. I'm trying to think. Whatever the question is, usually it's baiting you in to find out. No, that's right. not the case. But here's an article, and now I've gotten you know some ad revenue from you clicking on this. Yep. Mm-hmm. We're sharing it because of the question. Um, there's just so much clickbaity stuff. But anyway, the way so I don't know where I went down. The way that, that, that those ads work is yeah. the people that run programmatic ads on those web pages are paying for impressions. So anytime somebody sees that page, that person gets paid. Like, that's what I do. I sell ads, right? So that it is a crazy thing when you think about it. I remember everyone was getting really wild about, like, you know, CNN's value was, like, super high, and then they were trying to sell because, like, they knew they were never going to be better. And now, mm-hmm. like, their value just keeps dropping and dropping and dropping, right? And I don't know. Like, it, the elections and Trump and, like, all these different people were so good for those entities because they could make so much money mm-hmm. because everyone wanted to know, like, what do I do? Where do I get information from? And, yeah, I, I think 
they simultaneously did a lot of things. It's like they create a lot of mistrust with people because you didn't really know like if the information is reliable, you know they're selling ads, like all mm-hmm. that. And then at the same time, it's like a life and death situation some of the times, like what you're deciding to do. <laughs> and yeah. you're like, is this the source that I trust, right? Like, are these the people that I trust? I don't know. So I think there's a Bible verse that I'm going to, I'm going to slip on right now, but yeah, I think that, I think that like maturity and like confidence in those things is just coming to this reality of like, I can't know everything and I'm comfortable with that. Yeah. No, I I couldn't agree more. As far as the ads go, it was Mm -hmm. something I was just thinking about when you were talking about the ads on news websites specifically. One of the things I felt like is really deceitful is before you used to have like the big it'd be like a rainbow flashing in your face and it's like you mm-hmm. won this prize. And that was like the old style ads. Right. Whereas now ads have gotten really smart. Like I've noticed on a news site where I feel like this should not, like if I was that news organization, I would not want this ad on my site. Yeah. Where the ad will look seamless to sure. the articles that are listed. So you're yeah. scrolling down articles with photos and then you keep going and the articles start getting weird. And if you don't catch it, you're like, oh, wait a minute, I'm in the ads. Yeah. Because it looks, ide- they literally made this ad specially designed to fit the website's layout to yeah. look seamless into it. And I think Daily Wire is one of the worst when it comes to that. Daily Wire absolutely was, the worst. is absolutely bad. And I'm like, yeah. of all places, why is this like yeah. that? They All they do is talk about how much money they're making. Like, Shapiro was on Bill Maher's show and they're picking on him and he was like, I sleep on a bed of money, right? <laughs> you're like, I mean, cool, whatever. I don't care. But dude, like get the... Daily Wire is really I bad. sent them an, an email actually once because I was reading stuff and uh, they had like at the footer, like it's like women in like really scanty clothes and like almost like borderline like pornographic stuff. Yeah. And I would be like, you guys got to seriously like be more careful about the ads you're putting on your website like this is a joke people are coming to you because you're saying i'm the conservative Mm -hmm. force like we've got this perfect clean like family safe like environment for you now and i'm scrolling through this like a man in his 30s (laughs) it's like why is this chick not wearing like a shirt you know what (laughs) i mean like come on yeah no that that was um it's funny you say i was trying to think of which one was the like the one i was actually visualizing it was that but i've noticed it on a lot of different websites especially big organizations like that. And I just don't understand why that's allowed. I don't know. I would not want that at all. Yeah. And it's, it's also just directing you away and it's more clickbaity than the true uh, articles that are being written that you'd want people to come to your site for. What probably happens is they have an ad unit that they sell to someone and they say like, Hey, we really don't want like this type of stuff on there. And they say, okay, well, we'll, we'll try and keep it to what you want it to be. And then like random advertisers are paying for impressions so like you know we might want to advertise this podcast right and we're Mm -hmm. like okay here's like our budget for like advertising the podcast on daily wires website right and like you know they'll they'll show that to some people but there's a good chance like they don't have a ton of control over what is seen there but i i think that like as advanced as they claim they are they should do a better job it's it's, kind of it's really bad (laughs) yeah that's funny you mentioned them specifically so you listen to tim pool Sometimes Shapiro. Yeah, I was doing nothing but Rogan. Yeah, I had to stop because every conversation I have with anybody was Rogan. I was becoming the memes that I was laughing at. Yeah, I, so I had to stop. And on here, I was like constantly just talking about Rogan. I'm like, I, this is there's more to life than <laughs> right. Joe Rogan. Your but content was, cannot be his content. Yeah, yeah. But it's just You're there's so much market. fascinating people like on there. And uh-huh. just I was 
I loved learning. So now I, I, I scroll through and I'll download like two or three and yeah. it takes me like a month to listen to them. Um, it, him switching to Spotify helped because I have I pay for Apple mm. and I don't like using multiple apps for something. So I, if it's not in my face, I forget about him. Right. Until he pops up on my YouTube constantly on the front page. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know that guest was on there. So then I'll go, you know, check out a few. And that's usually how it goes. Yeah. I don't, I've listened to him like a little more lately, um, but not too much. Yeah. I I don't know. The podcast thing used to be convenient when you were commuting in the car a lot, but since mm. I've been remote for like three years, now there's just like no time. Yeah, that I can I do that. that. Um, like maybe late at night if you're working on something, I could do like three days to finish like a Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah. See, but, I'll, I'll knock them out like in one sh- Like at work, I can, yeah. that's all I, yeah, I'm listening to podcasts as soon right. as I'm alone. That's, mm-hmm. it's podcasts or sermons, something like that. Music? Do you do music? Sometimes I, it's weird. If I do music, it's the same album for hours. Mm-hmm. I just on repeat. I get really into an album, and then I just want to listen to nothing but it. What is it? Uh, I mean, just whatever. I mean, the recently it was uh, MF Doom. Yeah. Um, on repeat. Mm-hmm. I forget the name of the album. It's the one with like the red building structure. Anyway, I really, I really like him. He's somebody that I didn't realize. I don't really know much about him. I just heard his name forever. Had a couple of his albums, never listened to them, and yeah. a buddy sent me this album, and I was like, oh, "I'll check it." Out. I loved it. I loved the way he edited movies and just audio together to create these songs. It's just very different and unique. Yeah, I don't know a lot about him. I remember is he the is does he have that album Black Balloon? Is that him? Who is that? I don't even know. I can't remember. No, I'm Black like slowly something. learning about him because I'm. Each album I'm listening to, I mean, easily like a hundred times. Yeah, um, I think I, I think I've heard him. I think that I got made fun of because he was like a white kid, and he just is like MF angry. Doom. Yeah. Oh no, this is different than somebody else. Okay. Yeah. No, I don't know him. I'll yeah, this was like up. an underground rapper uh, that just blew up, and then I think he died from some health related thing. Oh wow. But. Yeah, music is tough these days. I feel like music's gotten pretty cheap. Oh, take Listen, me, take me to your leader, King Ghidorah. That was that's the MF Doom album I was listening to. I'll a look bunch. him up. It's just really unique. Like the way he rhymes is like very poetic. And like, I watched, someone sent me a video. It was actually from Vox, which I thought was funny because I was yeah, so into it. And halfway through, I'm like, Oh, I'm loving this video. Who made this? I'm like, Oh, Vox. No. Oh, <laughs> but it was cool. But it was just it was going through the different rap styles of all these different iconic rappers and showed like how they would poetically write and rhyme. And then when people started breaking the mold and doing like different kinds of rhyming and rhyming full sentences with previous sentences. And then Mm. uh, MF doom style just, I was like, Oh, that's really crazy. And I just got more into it, more into it, but he's got a lot of content. Did you watch genius? No. What is that? Oh, dude. (laughs) There's a guy who shot footage of Kanye West like his whole life. Oh, is this the on Netflix? Yeah. Okay. It's to so my list. good, Carmen. It, it looks like it's going to be epic, and it's every time so I good. go to watch it, I'm like, I don't have the time to really focus on it. I watched it, and I was, I mean, that he's so storied. Like, there's so many things, right? But, um, man, I have so much respect for him <laughs> for Kanye yeah, yeah you gotta watch it I, I don't think there's enough I could say about it it would probably be better if you just watched it but I watched it and I texted a couple people afterwards and they were like it's 
a masterpiece. Like really? so good. Yeah. I haven't I don't know anybody that's seen it. I just when I saw it, I was like, this looks very special and a lot of time went into it and I just wanted to wait. Well, you the thing you realize is like he worked so hard. Like it, it, nothing was given to him. He always believed in himself. And there were a ton of times where like he just lost momentum, didn't get what he wanted. They do they do like the whole story behind through the wire. If you oh, that's awesome! That. Yeah, like I don't know much about it. There wasn't much information, even if you looked they it up. Yeah, video of it, him like in the doctor's office, and then being like, "You're gonna get their jaw wired shut," and he's like, "I can't do that." And the guy's like, the "You don't have an option." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and like he can't get budget like to do music, and like it's Jay Z's like on the other side of it, and he's like, "Can I just get like my budget?" <laughs> it's really interesting. I would check it out. I think that was how I first heard of him was. Through the, the through the wire. Yeah. That's what like really I mean that was amazing. Out. I was like, wait, is this for real? Like I remember looking it up and seeing the picture of yeah. him with his jaw wired shut. Yeah. He's sitting here rapping through it. It's crazy. It's wild because there's so many people in the documentary too that like Pharrell's in it. Like all these people when they were really young. Or like guys that you you probably heard when you were younger. Like Jay Z's in it, obviously. Um, Just Blaze is in it. Like all these guys that we would all know. Mm -hmm. And you watch the documentary and he's like trying to get close with them, you know? And he's like working his way in and he's got like all of his friends in his apartment like making these beats. And the beats are literally like all from College Dropout. Oh, that's (laughs) awesome. like, is this for real? It just is weird to see it from that angle. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I want to see that even more now. You should watch it. But I still will wait until I have time to actually enjoy. I really like Kanye. It was my first big concert I've ever been to. Oh, really? Was Kanye West? Yeah, after the uh, after he released Jesus Walks, it was Mm. him and who was it? I want to say it was. Well, Ludacris was there. Yeah. Because he came out like at the end for like yeah when they had that song out. Yeah. Who else was it? It was Kanye and something so like odd to see now. Anyway, but yeah, that was like my first big concert my mom took me it was me and her up in the nosebleeds and i was just like enamored i've just never seen a performance like that i've never seen a show with so much like Mm. it went from like ritzy wolf in new jersey which was like a little town theater to this and i was like this is i didn't know this existed wow blew my mind yeah dude you should check it out i won't say anything else how do you feel about him lately the last couple years um your thoughts on him changed at all I think I think that uh he's manic and that's yeah. like a really difficult thing, right? Yeah. Like I think uh I don't know. He's a big personality, so I think the people don't have a lot of patience for him, which mm-hmm. is unfortunate. Um and when I watched the documentary, I think I just had more compassion for him cuz I was like, you know, it's so easy to be critical of these people. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, it, I'm probably more critical of like his ex-wife than I am of him. Um, I, you know, I don't know why that upset me so much. I'm like, I don't know this guy. I hate when I feel some sort of connection to somebody yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Cause I don't want to be that guy, but that one really, like, I just felt bad. Yeah. Knowing I, these hurting. I think a lot of people like went after him. I'm, yeah. My feeling for him, like, I think the presidential thing was weird, obviously. It's a shame that like that went so poorly. Mm-hmm. And I actually like I have this joke with uh with Elvin. Well, I'll be like, dude, the best thing I could have done in 2020 was just vote for Kanye. Like in <laughs> hindsight to just be able to say like, yeah, I voted for Kanye. Yeah. Like that was an awesome opportunity in, in the grand scheme of things. And I blew it. And, you know, he was on the ballot. Like it was right there. I could have just been like, who cares? And just like, check the box. But yeah, I. 
I think it's amazing, right? Like he's done so much cool stuff beyond music. I like his music. Um, there's this thing he has called a stem player. Have you seen this? Uh, yeah, it was awesome. Dude, uh, so Elvin, who you know is a yeah. producer. I'm trying to get him on here. We've been having scheduling issues, but. Yeah, you got to get him. Uh, he has the stem player and literally like, he like mixes on it. Like he could put like a whole beat together. The, the oh, stem player is really bring it cool. When he yeah. Comes. And you just realize like Kanye is kind of just doing, he's doing his own thing and that's what he's always been doing. You watch the, you watch the documentary and it's like, He's in his room making beats with like real rickety stuff. And it's like, it's like music that we listen to like now, mm-hmm. you know? And you're like, he always knew he was going to do this and he was always right. You know, his mom believed in him. Like, you know, it's really cool. I think, yeah, I'm definitely into this. I think, uh, I mean, I'm on side Kanye's side for sure. Yeah, I, I watched a one. lot of people, like, <laughs> I'm having a conversation with just really upset with him. And I'm like, First of all, like, do you like his music? What do you care about yeah. all this other stuff? Like, if anything, if you like the guy, like, have some compassion what he's going through. But the hatred for this poor guy, like, it's weird. And he's done some, like you said, he's got a big personality. Yeah. Uh, and that can be hard. And I, there's definitely some cringy moments. But in the end, I'm just like, we are watching something that is not common. Yeah. You know, and I'm, and I love it. I love every, the good and the bad. I'm just, I'm here and I'm enjoying it. I'm a fan of, his music and just what he's doing with what he's got. And I, I love it. So I'm, I'm, ex- I'm more excited now that you uh, mentioned that to see that documentary. Do you think like people that are like, let's say they're genius, right? Yeah. Like he's a genius. Um, Elon's a genius, mm-hmm. whatever people maybe say he's not, he's a genius. Um, whether it's like the way he runs companies or like the problems he chooses to solve. He is. Yeah. Um, those people are so polarizing, right? Because they can have such a big impact, I guess. And if they don't impact things the way that you personally think they should, then you're, like, angry at them. But I wonder sometimes, like, these people in, like, you know, 200 years ago, right? Like, 200 years ago, who would have been Elon? In the 1800s, Elon would have been, like, some guy who invented, like, I don't know what was happening in the 1800s, cars? Is that, like... I was actually just... Like Figured, Henry trying to figure Ford. this out recently, if it was, I think it was the end of the eighteen hundreds, like eighteen ninety ish. So, so like if you, if you think about it, right? Like we know a lot about Henry Ford now. We know he was like racist, mm-hmm. not a great dude, but no one was like watching his every move and tweets and like train, like you know, watching like this stock market and like wondering if Henry Ford's going to split his stock again or if he's going to like go get like outside uh, yeah. funding to acquire Twitter, like. It just seems like we've <laughs> everything's so visible now. It's I was recently thinking about this. Like yeah. well, I was thinking to myself, what would I think of Einstein if he was on Twitter? Sure, like, yeah. We look like at him now, and like you know. But I'm saying, like, <laughs> yeah. if he had Twitter, we can go back and look, or just we're experiencing him in real time. Or if yeah. they had Twitter at that point, what would the opinion of him be? You know, it's just very weird. If you look up like most popular musician in 1800 right now, who do you think it's going to be? I don't know. Now I'm curious. Like some, <laughs> some like guy who, you know, like did orchestral, like symphony type stuff probably, or like marching band tunes. It's just funny. I, I, we've got so much information. A guy like Kanye would have been like, you know, and I know that it's just kind of like, stretching the imagination a little bit but like if Kanye was there then like he would have been doing something creative but everybody wouldn't have been like in his business 
he would have been getting text messages from Kim's new boyfriend of them in bed being like, you know, I'm sleeping with your wife. <laughs> you know? Ludwig uh, van Beethoven. Yeah, Beethoven. Up as number one. <laughs> right? I mean, Beethoven and Kanye are different, but like, <laughs> I'm just saying the comparison's interesting. No, I get it. If you, if, this is such a weird um, shift. Did you see the new Bill and Ted Face the Music? No. It became free on Amazon and I fell asleep watching it the other night. <laughs> it must have been good. <laughs> and I was like, no, I, I was just tired. I actually, I finished it the next day. Um, and I realized like most movies when they come back after years like that, yeah, like Anchorman, and, like, mm-hmm. they're just disappointments. Yeah. When I watched this, I was like, I know what I'm getting. It's another disappointment. And I was like, no, like this was actually really cool. I enjoyed it because... They didn't take themselves too serious, which is hard to in that to take yourself serious in a movie like that. But it was really just about music. Mm -hmm. It was just cool rock and roll licks. And like they traveled through time, you know, assembling the ultimate band. So it was like a guy that played Jimi Hendrix. And it was just like a guy that played Beethoven uh, or not Beethoven. I think it was one of the other uh, classical musicians. But anyway, it was just like all through the times. Uh, Louis Armstrong yeah. and it was just cool I was like man I wonder how many young kids saw this and got to experience all this music from all these generations mm. so I actually enjoyed the film for that reason that it was just showing throughout the age of history the the way music has changed and then obviously assembling the ultimate band sure. to save the world um, but it was just really heavily just like a love letter to music of all time it's cool I thought that was pretty neat I was like that's a nice way to do that yeah I mean but it's weird how it changed over the years. It's so different. Not to talk about Kanye again, but, you know, when I was, it was probably like six to eight months ago, I guess. I don't know. He was doing all those stadium tours mm-hmm. where he would, he would like drop an article of clothing the night of the show. And then he started releasing things where like you couldn't get them on Apple Music. Like Donda 2 is not on Apple Music and people still download it. They get the stem player and it's on there, I think. And like, I think that's the only way to get it now, right? Yeah. It's on the stem. So you he kind of has been like, yeah, I'm just like, I'm not doing the game anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's actually like, seems like it's worked for him, you know? And somebody like Elvin, you should ask him about it. But I think like as an artist where like you're, New York Times had an article about this recently where like streaming revenue is like non-existent, you know? Like Ed Sheeran, I think, is Shape of You... Ed Sheeran, I think it is. Sounds familiar. Yeah. He he has a song. I forget which one it is. It's like the most popular song on Spotify, I think. And it had like something crazy, like, you know, 40 million or whatever, 400 million streams. And I think he made like not like very little revenue off of it. You could look it up. But in the end, like artists are in a weird spot because you you spend all of your time making these albums and then like the only way that people listen to them is by streaming them. Mm-hmm. And then you don't get any, you don't really make money from streaming. And then the only way that they've been able to make money since then is it's like touring, right? merch and like okay, touring. Yeah. yeah. So the COVID ruined that, right? Like nobody was touring. So I think that a lot of guys are inspired by Kanye in that industry because it's like he's found ways to continue to like break apart like some of that structure. Mm-hmm. Like people can, he's like, this is a way that you could do it. You do these live shows or you, you do like merch or like limited edition stuff. And people look at that as, like, innovation. Mm-hmm. So that's what I've learned about that. No, it's interesting. Do yeah. you know, um, well, you keep talking about him, it's almost like you love Kanye as much as Kanye <laughs> loves Kanye. <laughs> I don't. What's that one song? It ends like that, or it's, like, talking about loving. Yeah. Anyway, 
Uh, have you heard of Tom McDonald? Real con, yeah. Yeah. Is that- have you heard of Tom McDonald? Uh, only through my brother. I've never like watched any of his stuff. He's he's a, a lot rapper, of, right? A lot of fun. Yeah, he's yeah. actually probably one of the most popular rappers alive right now. Like as far it's insane. The amount of views he gets. He makes a music video for almost every one of his songs. It's like every couple of weeks, this ridiculously good music video wow. comes out. Um, like really well thought out. Uh, and it's him and his girlfriend, Nova Rockefeller. Huh. And I think there was one other guy that was working with them, but now it's literally them two. They make the music, the beats, the raps, the they she films and edits. They self-distribute their music. Wow. He signs almost every album, packages it, and mails it out from his home. Wow. It is a two-person operation. And they have hit the Billboard top charts. And it's insane. But anyway, the reason uh, I brought that up is I think when you look him up on Apple, he's got like two albums. Yeah. And I thought that was it. They and I'm like, man, he's not putting... It's, it's all for free on YouTube, mm-hmm. or you can purchase vinyls um, or the CDs mm-hmm. directly from them, and they're selling so much that, I mean, the sales from them alone are hitting, like, top billboard charts. That's, that's insane. Yeah. But that's the amount of money that they must be pulling in, I can't fathom. Like, there's they're just skipping over everybody. All these people that they you think you need to do this, they're mm-hmm. just saying, no, we can do it ourselves. Yeah. Well, and they I probably mean, have no life. <laughs> yeah, true. I mean, eventually they just hire some more people, right? Like, they well, they, money like that. they don't want to. I mean, that's yeah. their whole thing is like, why, when they can do it themselves, why would they do it any other way? Yeah. Like, they definitely have the I mean, I'm telling you, they're like some of the biggest, he's like the biggest star right now that nobody's heard of. It's crazy. I don't understand it. Yeah, I haven't heard of him. I guess, I mean, I will say I'm probably not like a great candidate because I have no social media. Like, I have, no, I have LinkedIn, but I don't have like Facebook, Instagram, uh, TikTok. I don't have Twitter. I don't have any of those. I thought about getting rid of my Instagram. That's really the only one I've left. I thought about switching to just the mm. uh, podcast page. Yeah. And just browse on a little bit and keeping it for conversation. I just don't, I don't know. It's not into it. Yeah. If, I guess if I was promoting a podcast, I'd probably still have them. But, yeah. Dude, I don't know. Instagram got tricky for me. Like, you'd go to the Explorer tab, and it's just, like, anything can be in there, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I like I followed, like, a bunch of pro athletes, and it would be, like, pictures of Patrick Mahomes' wife working out in, like, these certain things. And I'd be like, what? How did I get here? I'm just like, oh. Yeah, the algorithms are so weird. Really weird. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I'm off. I think... I don't feel like I'm missing out that much. I definitely was addicted to Instagram at some points, but yeah, it feels kind of good to to have that like off of you a little bit. Yeah, I get, when I got rid of Facebook, it felt great, and then yeah. Instagram, which I barely used, I, I started going heavily onto that, mm-hmm. and definitely got to the point where it was like I was always on my phone. Now I'm like, Man, I just don't. Yeah. I mean, if I'm really bored or when I wake up or something, I might pop it open just to see if anything happened. Like mm-hmm. it's almost where I not get my news, but I'll get to like, is there anything I need to go explore? Right. You know, did did a million people start posting the same videos that I need to go look up what's going on? We other than that, I just yeah. We made like a decision. I think when we had kids, we were like, we're not going to post pictures of them, and I think that that kind of changed like our appetite for it a lot because mm-hmm. I mean, you know what it's like. You take pictures of your kids like all day. Yeah. Because you just think they're cute. And then you have like, you know, thousands of pictures that you probably never look again. But um, you would never, like we would never post them. So it's just kind of like this weird thing of like, I don't know. Like I'm going to take a picture of this scone that I'm about to eat and like post it. To me, like I think you you probably 
have experienced this where it's like the things that you used to think were exciting now are like so different. Um, so I don't know. Very different. Yeah. Yeah. I like, uh, was it a couple weeks ago or what holiday just passed? I think was it, I almost said Thanksgiving Easter. Easter. Easter recently passed. Yeah. I put a video out that was like me falling on the lasagna. Whoa, and I, heard about that. I thought it was going viral because my phone was just exp- like blowing up. I couldn't do anything on my phone because it was constantly like bing, 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 Whoa. bing, bing, bing. I had to turn notifications off. And it was because I uploaded it as a reel. I mean, it winded up not even getting a thousand, but it was like hundreds and hundreds coming in within minutes of posting wow. it. And I was like, oh, cool, I'm going viral. And then I got all excited and I posted like <laughs> 10 more reels. And then I sat there and Jenny made a comment. She was like, posted a lot of reels last night. I was like, <laughs> I was exper- I said I was experimenting before I posted on the podcast one to see what'll yeah. get more views, which really was the thing. But I right. was like, I got really into it. I was staring at my phone, and I was actually disgusted with myself about it. Um, that I've been thinking again about like, what do I have this for? Yeah, because it's it's a total time killer. Mm-hmm. It's a waste. Like all the things I have. This is yeah theme I've talked about on here a lot lately, and just in life, is where. I'm focusing on the fact that everything out there, like there's everybody's starting a business, everybody's doing oh, yeah. this and it's, and you're fighting for people's time. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, I look at what is winning my time and is it really beneficial to me? And I think the answer is no on almost all of it. Mm. And the streaming stuff is like the biggest time suck uh, for me. And most of the time I use it, there's not much else I could do. It's like late at night. Right. But it's like, I think I'd be better off reading. Like I'm just trying to find what can I do better? So Again, I, I haven't made any big moves on it yet, but I'm really thinking about making some changes with the streaming services we have because right now I have everything. Yeah. You know, um, and it wasn't even like a financial switch to cut the cord. It was just yeah. more convenient to have everything on demand. Mm. But it's Do like, you... what am I missing? Like, yeah. if there's a show like that's so good, you know, and somebody tells me about, there's ways I can watch it. Yeah. You know, if I really wanted to, but most of them, like if I didn't have it available, would I spend 20 bucks on it? No. And I wouldn't feel bad about it. But if I have it available and I'm already paying for it and someone mentions it, I'm like, I feel some obligation to go check it out. I got an idea. Do you, so there's only one show that's really worth watching like that. And it's called Succession. Succession. <laughs> have you seen it? See, no, it's the is, only show. This is an example. Everything because else, don't worry about it. I have HBO. <laughs> yeah. I've been avoiding it. Uh-huh. Because I don't want to, I don't like watching stuff that's mm. weekly or monthly. I like waiting for something to be complete to know that it was good all the way through, it didn't get canceled, and then I'll watch it because I hate being left halfway through something. That show's the best show that's been on TV for like three years. It, I, I'm telling you, several people have told me um, about it. Actually, I think on here now that you're saying this. But... Okay, that 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 on the record. <laughs> do you have a Do you have a TV in your bedroom? Yeah, I never use it, but yeah. Okay, where do you watch TV typically? In the living room. Actually, my iPad is really like if I'm going to watch something, I'm usually doing something while watching the iPad, whether it's in bed or while I'm walking around or doing something. So I even listen to a lot of shows. Well, that's weird, dude. I'm just too, I'm busy a lot. I'm like, I want to <laughs> yeah, watch this. I watch too busy to watch the show, but you listen to it is a whole other level. I went through five seasons of Better Call Saul in a month. No, can't. And I it. watched physically maybe 10 episodes. No, <laughs> but I know the whole story and you know, I know what happened. I, Bree and I have this thing. Um, we were just talking about it last night. Like in the bedroom, no electronics. Like she doesn't bring her phone in. I don't look at my like phone or like watch TV in bed. But 
then you kind of get into a point where it's like the only thing you do in there is like talk to your wife, like, you know, have sex or read a book. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's what you do. And I kind of think, man, um, what's Andy Crouch's book? Tech wise family. Oh yeah. Yeah. He talks about like easy everywhere and like how we've, we've kind of like created this like thing where it's like, you can kind of get whatever you want at all, all times. Mm-hmm. And if you always have your technology like with you, it's easy to like fall into the trap all the time. I actually think I got to a point where like I started to feel really good about not knowing where my phone was, you know? And when the anxiety get, is building as you're saying, when that. you get there, you're like, <laughs> you feel free. You really do. So I don't know, like we would find like spots to like, just, we'd be like, Oh, like my phone charges like in my office or like breed charges mm-hmm. hers in the kitchen, you know? Um, and I have like a smartwatch. So like if somebody calls me in the middle of the night, like I'll know. Is that an know? Apple watch? No, this is a Garmin. Okay. Oh, that works with all my friends made fun of me for wanting an Apple watch. I do have an iPhone. Yeah. Have you ever looked at the Garmin watches? No, I was just curious cause I have an Apple yeah. watch that in my line of work, it's so dirty and there's yeah. iron that filled into where oh, yeah. the, uh, what the, what's the it rust. Well, the pieces that um, that can slide off of the oh, watch, yeah. the mm-hmm. uh, the like the wristbands, mm-hmm. the piece that is protruding, like the little nipple that sti- uh, yeah. holds the watch in place, uh-huh. came off. Oh, really? From uh, I spilled a cleaner on it, and it just ate away whatever glue was in there. And I was like, whatever. I have an extra one upstairs from an old broken watch, it's yeah. the same size. Of, but the iron like packed itself in. And I oh, can't man. remove the watch. So now this watch is useless because I can't put it on, but it's a perfectly good and like a newer one. And when I took it off, I thought I was like losing it. I was like kind of like, oh, man, it was really convenient to like press a button to pause and play you know, when people are around. Oh, right. And I'm just like, call saw. I just, <laughs> yeah. but no, like it was, uh, it's like three or four days without it. And mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want this thing on my wrist ever again. Yeah. I love this extra separation from my tech. And, yeah. I'm on my phone less. Before I bought it because I was driving a truck and it was nice to be able to talk to text through it and mm-hmm. all it was, uh, you know, would read text to me and respond to text and it was just convenient to drive and respond and not have to pull over. Yeah. But now that I'm not doing that, it was just like another reason to be pinged and mm-hmm. feel it rather than it being in silent on my, in my pocket. I like, I think all of that comes down to how you set it up. Like, you don't have to get notifications from any of your apps. You don't have to get notifications about texts. Um, you can set it up so, like, you get notifications for calls. Like, really, I only get calls on this and messages from people at work. I don't get email or, like, text messages, like, any of that stuff. I guess I set it up more towards that in the end. Yeah. But I was st- it was still, like, something connecting me. Also, like, the Garmin isn't as... You're trying to sell me a Garmin? Do you work for Garmin? I don't. Um <laughs> It's not as integrated as the Apple Watches. Like, you can't do nearly the stuff, but that's fine for me. Like, I kind of prefer it, to mm-hmm. your point. Like, it's nice. Like, I got this because um, my friends Roger and Will had them in California, and they were making fun of me because they were like, you know, the Apple Watch, like, doesn't even look masculine. Like, how are you going to get that? Like, you know, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, I had had an Apple Watch before, and... I was getting back into running a little bit. So I was like, okay, I'll try the Garmin, whatever. So I bought this one. It was like, I think like maybe like 150 bucks or something. It's like one of the cheapest ones. And I really like it. <laughs> it's pretty cool. It has an app that comes with it. Like all your friends can like follow you and stuff on it. It's like Strava a little bit. And 
it, the the limitations of like the capabilities are kind of nice. Like, yeah, it doesn't lot, yeah. distract you as much. Yeah. But if I get a call, it does vibrate, and I can see like who it is. So that's convenient. Yeah, I realize yeah. like I. If anything, I was mostly using it for the time. Like, that was the most convenient part oh, yeah. about it. So now I'm just like, I want to watch. It's a little bit more adorable because I was destroying the face with work. But did you find that before you wore the watch that you looked at your phone to figure out the time all the time? Yeah, I still do now. And that's worse because then you're picking up your phone and then you're like in it. So I've turned off most notifications that yeah. pop up on that. Uh-huh. For that reason, so yeah. that now when I flip open and I see the time, I don't see a million messages. There's still mm-hmm. a bunch of that comes on, and I'm still curtailing that uh, as they come, but it's not like it was before. Where it was like all things that would make me want to open my phone. Yeah. The stuff that I see now, I'm like, I have no interest to open my phone <laughs> to see it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so that's helped. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've got to get to a place where, like, technology is a tool and not, like, something else. And it's hard to do for sure. I think as far as the tech that we have in our life that probably dominates most of my time, it has to be my phone. And I'm trying to think like what I would spend most of my time doing. I read email a lot. Like I have like a twitch almost with email. Like did something happen at work that I should know about? Like I don't want to be late on something Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And I think that that's because early in my career I had like a lot of jobs where it was like if I missed something, like I'd get in like a lot of trouble for it. Um, so that's like a weird thing I have. But like if you look at my usage, it's always like productivity apps and stuff because I deleted all my social media. Um, email is a stressful one for me. Yeah. I just – I don't want to switch emails again. Really? Uh, but I think it's time because I keep switching and just abandoning email addresses because it just gets so littered with garbage and spam. Yeah. And everything I sign up for uses an email to get in. And like now I have this fake email that I use when I sign up for stuff. It's like anon, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. whatever. So just have like an anonymous email. But there's still so much that still creeps into my regular Gmail account. I'm just like, I'm so over it. And yeah. I go onto the podcast page, which I don't use for anything other than Anchor. And I'm like, oh, it's so clean. Like maybe this is the one <laughs> I want to switch over to because there's nothing. But I'll ruin it. Yeah, it's, you'll ruin it. it. You know, it's just like out of convenience or accident. I'll accidentally put in the other one or. Yeah. It's like and well, everybody everybody's wants selling it. your information. Yeah. That's the thing. You Occasionally I'll be like work up the nerve to like unsubscribe from a bunch of stuff but you're right like political stuff's coming. the worst right oh yeah i don't have any of it coming anymore yeah it was, it was a mess they they sell your information to everyone even the mail like i donated to the republican party can't do that like a year ago and now i mean it's it's just endless <laughs> the amount of republic and i i can't stand the republicans right like i'm i would still I guess consider myself maybe i i don't know I just don't want to pay anything. I don't want any money that you're I getting, work for uh, going to them. Yeah, you're getting like letters handwritten from Ted Cruz. <laughs> yeah, Not actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. but like it's like, dear dear friend, yep. you know, can you please send me $25 Dude. so I can stop, uh, you know, people from crossing the border? I got like, a, no. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I got a phone call one time recently, and it was a guy requesting donations for the Republican Party. This yeah. was like a couple weeks ago, and he goes... You know, he gives us a little spiel, and I said, you know, hey, I mean, I just, I let you finish that. I said, you know, I, I don't want to waste any more of your time. I just want you to know that I, I did, you know, used to, you know, send money to them, and I explained that, uh, how I feel about them now. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so I really don't want my money that I work for to go into the people that I don't think are going to do anything. Yeah. Like, you could tell me all you want that you, you know, believe in this and believe in that sounds great, but then I give you money and nothing gets done, and I'm just, I'm not into it. So I, I don't feel like, you know, I want to donate my money the Republican Party anymore. That's why. Yeah. 
And he goes, oh, all right, cool. And he goes through his, and I'm like, wait a minute, this guy's not getting it. And he goes, would you be interested in donating this amount? I said, man, listen, I don't think you understand. Like, I really, <laughs> I, I'm like, I'm very adamant about not wanting to fund yeah. this group of people. You've lost And me. he goes, well, do you think you could, you know, I mean, we really need them. We got to win this fight. This is a war and, sure. you know, on our ideology. And like, do you think you could donate $20, $25? I'm like, dude, you're not getting it. No I don't. Money. Nothing. I'm like, no, and I should have just ended the call, but yeah, I, I just, I don't know why. I just couldn't understand why the guy was like still trying so hard to get something. And I'm thinking to myself, like, I can't be the only one. No, you're not. When I was in California, I've been registered independent for like, I don't know, like six years or something. And depending on how you vote, or you like, if they send you caucuses or like all this stuff, like then they put you on lists, right? So I had a guy call me too. And they're like, you know, uh, you, you're like a certain demographic of person in California that we really want to reach, like mm-hmm. all this stuff. And like, you know, do you think you could, uh, you think you could donate to like the Republican Party of California or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, what's the money going to, like, where's the money going to go? Yeah. And they, he would literally be like, well, we've got a whole bunch of stuff. Like, they couldn't tell me. And I was like, no, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I like, to your point. Like, I don't know. We work for this money. Like, the parties seem to be failing both sides. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think any... Biden's approval rate's really low. Like, not just among... You can't talk about that. Right? You know what I mean? <laughs> it's tricky. But there's there's just, like, a lot of reasons to think, like, we won't support these people anymore. So, I'll... um. Yeah, I'm going to stay independent. And I'm not going to really contribute to the political parties anymore. Most of my money that doesn't go to tithing goes to like, I mean, IJM, mm-hmm. we support, there's a cool ministry we learned about called National School Project in um, California. I learned about it, which is like, California has this rule where um, you can't have like a religious gathering on high school grounds um, if it's run by someone who is not a student. So like Young Life, I don't think can happen there, but national school project does this thing where they like train kids who are like in that high school to like run it themselves and they can like get them supplies and stuff. And then, um, they'll also help kids who want to start a program on their school, like ask the campus or like whoever it is, like Dean of the school to give them approval to do it. And I knew a kid who was like really involved in that ministry there. And he would ask me to go to like, uh, see you at the poll and like take donuts and stuff. And I was like, really surprised like i think when you when you live there like a lot of people are just like very doom and gloom about mm-hmm. it but there were like 25 kids like i think it was like 7 38 o'clock in the morning like all there for like prayer you know and you're like i can't fathom that i just my high school experience would that just wouldn't jive yeah but it's like That's i mean cool. they're they're like putting time and effort into yeah. like building that kind of thing it's really cool um what are they called national school project NSP. Um, yeah, there's a kid, Joseph, who we supported there, um, and I still support. So there's a lot of better places to send your money than the government, dude. Yeah. All yeah, they this... do is throw in the trash. <laughs> the only reason I'm a registered Republican is to vote in yeah. the primaries. Mm. If I could vote in the primaries any way I want, I would be probably independent at this yeah. point. I just, yeah. Everybody talks a good game on either side and they're all just it's all about just getting your vote yeah it's like i don't hear from you 
until this time of year, and then I never hear from right. you. I'm just over Good to hear from I'm you. tired of it. Yeah. Somebody actually, I mean, I don't know if we're allowed to talk about this either, but I, re- I recently learned, so the stop the steal mm-hmm. money, do you know what happened with that? No. Oh, wait. They're saying Trump reported $50 million on his tax return this year, and it was the stop the steal money. Okay. I, I heard a little bit. I just I didn't follow any further into it. That was when he was actually asking for donations to help. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah, but it was no, nothing ever happened of it, right? Did I don't he know. Report that as like his own financial gain. I don't know. I assumed that it was all hubbub and that the money was going to go towards his campaign. I know, but even that is weird. Oh yeah, you're giving yeah. money towards stop the steal, yeah. whatever that is, and then he's like, "Thank you, I'm going to use this to campaign." Yeah, and you're like, "I don't want you to campaign." <laughs> I bet you fifty million dollars could go towards the two thousand mules, and Oof. so it's not twenty dollars to watch it. Man. Which I get, but it's still that's so expensive. Have you watched it? No, I haven't either. Because it's twenty bucks. I I was talking with a couple <laughs> yeah, of friends. Matter of principle, like, <laughs> I'm not watching that. Well, no, well, it's not just that. It was yeah. there's a a couple family members and friends that want to see it, and I oh, would yeah. like to spend money to watch it together at oh, the house okay. or at somebody's house, rather than just spending twenty bucks for just me to watch it. I feel like I'd be wasting it. Can you buy it? You can on DVD, but I'm I don't want to own. I, I'm in this weird place it? where I want to... Yeah, you can. Oh. Uh, all right, so I'm weird with streaming. If I don't want to watch the movie forever, uh-huh. if it's not a movie that I'm like, this is a movie that's never on streaming or and I always am in the mood to watch it yeah, or always want it to be available, I'll buy it. Yeah. If I want it... If, or if it's something that I don't feel like that about yeah. shows up in my list of movies I own, it, it bothers me to the point where I'm like, how can I get rid of this and hide it because Whoa. I don't want to look at it? Like there's... An episode of Prodigal Son that Jenny and I accidentally bought for two ninety nine, and it it gets under my skin every time I see it. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's a way to do it. I haven't figured it out. Yep. I just want it to be gone. I want to say, hey, you can it's keep my money. You can keep my money, and I don't want I don't want to own this anymore. Almost like when you two put that album on all of our iPhones. Yeah, it's that's how I feel album. with it. So, <laughs> dude, that's a really interesting thing. We. Bree and I... It's like digital clutter. On accident. No, maybe it wasn't an accident. There was... It was like one of those nights where you're like, let's just watch a movie, like whatever. And we watch... We were like trying to figure out what it would be. And it always is that process of like, you take like an hour to figure out what the thing's going to be. And then you're like, I don't even want to watch it yeah. anymore. I just want to go to bed. Um, and we... we There's this movie. It's like Mark Ruffalo <laughs> and Kira Knightley. I think it's called like Begin Again or something. And... We bought it because you couldn't rent it. And then we watched like three minutes and we're like, this is horrible. And every time I look at my movies, like I'll be scrolling through with the kids, like, what do you want to watch? Because our thing is like, we buy all the movies that they can watch. Literally, that's in there. And I'm like, I hate that movie. Yeah, I don't want it in there. I I don't want it to, I don't want that to be part of like the collection of things people associate with me when they think of like films I would buy. So I think I know what you mean. (laughs) Yeah, well, there's an aspect of that, and also, like, I mean, if you were to go through, like, my... All right, I, it's yeah. funny. Right before you got here, I was... Uh-huh. Jenny was logged into the computer we're recording on, and I I signed her out, but beforehand, I just saw the clutter that was her desktop. Yeah. It, it's, it's uncomfortable to even look at. <laughs> and then I go to mine, and it's perfectly clean. Sure. Uh, even the picture in the background of, like, uh, the Peace Among Worlds from... Um, was it? Why am I drawing a blank on a show I love? Anyway... It was a little too colorful. I'm like, I think I want something cleaner. I like stuff that's just cooling and soothing and simplified. Mm-hmm. And that's how I like to keep my digital world. 
And so even my physical world, like even though there's a lot of clutter down here, like I am starting to find in my age that, or every year that like I want less and less things. And yeah. like right now I'm trying to get rid of motorcycles because I have four of them in the garage right now. I Whoa. want, I don't want anything. Like I just want, I feel like I less. remember the other side of that where you're like trying to justify another one. Yeah. <laughs> like I recently gave one away. I was Ooh. like, uh, I mean, it, it needed some see them love but i was like i just don't want it it's it's a stress and i was like please take this and when he took it i was like thank you he's like why are you thanking me i was like because you took a stress away from me yeah. and i just want it to be gone and then i'm like looking at other things i'm like i want to sell these and i'm willing to sell them even less than they're worth to get rid of them it's just everything when i went through cleaning the house i haven't gotten to the basement at all yet mm-hmm. so not this room or any other rooms down here but I was going through the house and it was like it started out with a closet and mm-hmm. a trash bag and it felt so good. And then I just moved to the next room and the next room and and I started doing it throughout the whole house. And I got a couple rooms done and I couldn't believe the amount of things that I had accumulated in the house that were useless. Yeah. And I'm like, there's no use for this. I will never touch it and I need to accept that it's not a thing that might be in hand, you know, come in hand mm-hmm. handy uh, later. It's just trash. So I got rid of it. It feels good. So digitally and in in this world, like I feel the same way. Like I DVDs, I don't want to own. Like it was just clutter. Mm-hmm. So I switched over to digital, and then I was like, no, streaming is even cleaner because then I don't have any of it permanently. Mm-hmm. Um, but like video games, I all my video games are digital now. Oh really? And, and it's not a financially good decision, but it's clean. Video games, I I cut out like two weeks before we had Rowan because I knew this is going to be like a problem. How much, how many hours a week are you playing? Can we pause? <laughs> uh, it's funny. If I turn my phone on right now, my phone would probably blow up with the guys asking, are you done yet? Are, are you, you done, done? Yet? They keep, they, oh, they were trying so hard to get me to cancel it. I mean, they're joking, but they're like, yeah, yeah. do you care about that more than the boys? Oh, playing? they said fame over the boys. Um, I'm playing Apex Legends right now. Okay. But I play with friends that I don't get to see. Like, one's in California. Sure. Tuca. Call them Bazooka Tuca. Yeah, you cool. Know, these, are, these are gaming <laughs> names. <laughs> of course. Uh, I'm yeah. The Rock, but also right. Carmen. Naturally. Yeah, I don't know why they call me The Rock. It's probably because I'm the beyond the worst player on the team. <laughs> yeah, you hold everybody down. <laughs> but, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, the bottom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's good. Um, and then my buddy Mike in Philly, which I don't get to see often. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway... It's been nice to have a nice relationship with them where we play most nights, and it's usually when everybody's asleep. Sometimes yeah. when Jenny's up, you know, I'll hop on, but actually probably she'll say more than sometimes. But usually I'm on when she's away or mm-hmm. she's sleeping, and it's just me up, and I'll be playing with them. So probably more than I should, mm-hmm. but it's like I almost, uh, I don't know, it's like my quiet alone time to do whatever I want. I, all right, that's total opposite. I'm like really trying to justify <laughs> this like, and I have no way to do fit it. this in? You know what? I play probably more than I should. Yeah. But it's, it boils down to like, uh, like maybe an hour or two every couple nights and yeah. then Friday night is like our big night, mm-hmm. which I love when we do podcasts just to tell them I'm not going to be on tonight. Sorry, oh, boys. Nice. Dude, we, we, I, um, I remember I was probably 25, 26 and Destiny came out Dude. And I was single. Um, I think I had moved back in with my parents because Glenn moved out, like all that, right? Mm-hmm. And the guys I was working with all were playing Destiny. And they were like, dude, just get an Xbox. Like, whatever. Just do it. Like, it'll be fun. And I got it, and I was so addicted. I wish I knew you played that. Yeah. Uh, I played. You notice? 
I played until oh, yeah. yeah. I played until like you know two a.m. every day, and then we'd all get to work at the same time, and we'd be like, "Yo, like you know, like did you yeah. see that sniper rifle I got? Like stupid yeah. stuff." And I remember there was one day where I was like on some planet looking for some stupid plant, like yeah. to build something, and I was like, "What am I doing? <laughs> I'm looking for virtual plants. Like I can't justify this. Like it's light outside, and I'm in the basement That's with funny. the lights off, and." uh I think that that was the genesis where I was basically like, I'm getting an apartment and I'm just going to get all the young guys that need a place to live to live with me. I'm done. Like I can't do That's it right. anymore. And we took it with us, but nobody, nobody played it there. It was like, I think I broke through, but that game, I mean, I would play it now if I had it. So cool. I love this. The yeah. sequel came out. Mm-hmm. I was so excited and it just wasn't, it wasn't there for me. And that's why I stopped playing yeah. destiny. Didn't play, didn't play the sequel. But yeah, that was a super cool game. Yeah. I saw Jenny, it's funny, Jenny hates video games. Yeah. Bought me my PlayStation. Oh, really? Yeah. She bought me PS4 for Christmas one year. And I, I would play it like when I had downtime and mm-hmm. I would just play like single player games. Um, and I I loved it. But then with online with Destiny really, I had broken or I did something. It was another knee injury and surgery and I was down for like months. Yeah. And so it was just me, you know ordering pizza and burning it, <laughs> burning the boxes in the fireplace we had. Yeah. So that when Jenny came home, there's no evidence of the pizza I would get. And then, uh, um, genius. Yeah. Except for now it's on wax and she's going to know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, Tucker. Cause that was Tucker's house. In Chester. <laughs> I burned so many pizza boxes in that trash can like, or in that uh, fireplace. So much poison. Um, but anyway, I think she knows cause I've said that a few times on here and she listens. She knows. Yeah. She hasn't confronted she me does. about it. But anyway, um yeah i was down and mm-hmm. some guy was like telling me to buy destiny and check it out and he's showing me his character on his phone this was like when i was looking for a game to like get into yeah. i was stuck at home all day and that was it ever since then i've like been fighting back and forth with it so let's talk about one last destiny thing and then we can move yeah, past yeah, it yeah. the vault of glass yeah how many times did you do it complete it or try complete it? it i don't know i'd have to ask mike on that one dude that took a lot I a, did that so insane. many times. So many times. And I, I I, think I felt like that was one of the coolest things like I ever experienced in like the video game, like gamer world. Well, anytime they came out, it's like, hey, yeah. here's a thing. And we're not telling you any of it. And it's all puzzles. Yeah. They were so weird. So cool. Like, yeah. It yeah. was an awesome community thing. And it was like, you're on with all these people you never met before and like yeah. two of your friends and you're all like, I'm doing this thing. Like you got your, yeah. like everybody's like trying to figure it out. And it's like, you know, are we going to like, that was a tough one. I remember trying it so many times and being like frustrated, like didn't work again, didn't work again, didn't work again. And then you got it finally. And you're like, all right, let's do it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something else. What's the next yeah, thing? They were all, I forget what they were actually called though. Uh, it wasn't like a challenge. It was like a... Because there was a few of them that came out. Can you look it up? Vault, uh, Vault of Glass was the main one I remember. I I'm actually remembering some of the first steps in Vault of Glass. It's so weird. This stuff sticks with well, me. Well, you, you end up in those... Um, They teleport you to those other things and you have to kill the oracles, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's where you're walking down the yeah. bridge, right? <laughs> yeah. There was some kind of like black <laughs> ball so you had to like yes. break a statue to get. Yep. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I remember... Oh, it was raids. Raids. Yeah. Right. That stuff was like, I had not experienced things like that before. No, I haven't either. That was very different. Yeah. If it was around before, I never played anything like it. Yeah. It was like your te- you and your team versus the game. Yeah. 
but the difficulty was so high. It's insane. Yeah. The, uh, How much time? Hours. <laughs> yeah. Hours and hours. I mean, that's when you should have been reading Will and Ariel Durant, probably. <laughs> Back then, in 2017 or whatever that was. Yeah, Destiny was rough. Well, yeah. Video on games, my time, I mean. Yeah. It was a great game. Rough on time. I think video games, I got to let be a thing of the past. But... Oh no! Sorry, I couldn't hear you. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I, I I like the conversation with them. I, if they weren't on, I, I don't play VR. I have a I have the Facebook one, which I Oculus. wouldn't have got if I knew it was a Facebook thing. Yeah, because I'm so Hate not that. into them. Yeah, I bought it from Glenn. Someone gifted it to him, and he's like, "I don't use this." I was like, "I'll give you you know whatever for it." Thatcher loves it. I let him play like he's played maybe five times in the last few months. I've owned it. Mm-hmm. He likes to just ride the roller coaster and shoot the targets. Um, but that's about it. I really don't want him on it too much. But it's interesting. Do you have it? No, I don't think we'll do that if we can avoid it. I, you know, you watch Ready Player One and you're just like, I mean, is it that we're not creative enough to come up with a different like direction or are we just going to do like all of this the way that it's already been like hypothesized? You know what I mean? I think we probably will. It's probably going to be exactly like that. Isn't that weird? Mm-hmm. It's like, I, I think about um, like Elon wants to get to Mars, right? And you're like, I mean, we've, this is the, this has been talked about for like 40, 50, 60 years probably, right? Like the idea of going to Mars, mm-hmm. it's like not a new idea. Why Why is that something that we've always wanted to do? I wonder sometimes how that like we get stuck in those mental like tracks, right? Mm-hmm. Like the whole VR thing, it's like th- this idea of like a metaverse and like everything needs to go there is so interesting to me that like people are interested in that happening. Like I think that they'll justify it by saying, well, introverts really prefer that kind of thing and I'm kind of introverted so I could see... And I'm like, no, I, I don't think that you actually will prefer it. Like, real life is really, really amazing. I think people will forget that. It's scary. But if if you watch, like, Ready Player One, right, mm-hmm. you see, like, okay, that's what it could look like. Like, or, I mean, my favorite movie right now is Idiocracy. That's so good. It because, just gets better every year. It does, because <laughs> it becomes more reality. Yeah. Like, and you watch a, you watch a movie like that, and you kind of think... We're getting closer to this every day. We just had a session at work yesterday on NFTs. Mm-hmm. And like our futures team is digging into like what are the business applications for this technology, you know? And we talked about like the board a club, yacht club, mm-hmm. and like what does it actually mean to own that, right? And it's basically like on this huge database, there's all these different entries. And the person who created this uh, NFT of the board ape, um, is zero two eight two five six whatever and you are five one five six seven and you buy it from them and then on the table the the number next to who owns that changes from theirs to yours and that's it and now you own that nft and people will pirate it and copy it and paste it other places but you own the real one and there's a perceived value for that right so like, so i'm told some so we're told <laughs> i mean if people will pay for it there's a value yes, right yes yes so that's that's the story, right? And then, you know, we go through, like, this whole thing of, like, I forget what their name is, but Nike acquired a company, I think it's called Artifact, 
where they build like a kit and you get like this NFT collection of like, uh, you're a character, but you also get a shoe and you get like a set of clothing and then like you get like a room and like all these different things, like unpack the boxes and Mm -hmm. like you are this person and eventually you'll be able to be that person in the metaverse. Right. Okay. But now they're also saying like, you know, and then the objective beyond that will be when like Apple glasses and things like that come out, then you'll be able to be seen in real life wearing those artifacts. Right. That so makes me so uncomfortable. You will wake up, put clothes on, and then you will choose what clothes you are seen in by the people by who the are wearing one. those. Yeah, right? It's so uncomfortable. And you're like, well, why? Yeah, <laughs> like, what's the it. advantage of this? And we uh, we ended the call basically, like, with people just kind of asking the question, like, why? I think it boils down to the same thing. I don't know if you had a point. Stop me if you did. No, but go. beyond that. I was listening to somebody recently talk about the way that dopamine hits for Americans or this, you know, Mm. Western uh, culture versus like poorer societies. Yeah. And that for us, we look at dopamine as like this instant hit that we want and to keep on getting it, uh, getting it. And then like, what does it take to get that dopamine hit? And for a lot of people, it's the new thing. Like they'll get that new thing and then it's great. And then the dopamine hit, is great and then it wears off and that thing wears off and its value becomes less and less. And I was thinking with as you were saying that, it's like people aren't happy. A lot yeah. of people aren't happy and mm-hmm. they're looking for something. So it, it to me it's just like that same same thing. You buy that new outfit or you see something that somebody likes or a new thing hits and it's like I gotta have it. I think it's just a it's just a, like this endless cycle of people will keep buying that stuff to feel good because it mm-hmm. does create an image if it was viewed like that yeah it is it is helping their image their self-esteem for a brief moment and it's never going to end so the capitalist side of that is very positive because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of money to be made in something like that especially i mean it'd be like microtransactions for your outfits yeah that's weird to me i don't like it because i think the way we get dopamine hits is very unhealthy and i think that that will be like the ultimate like just destruction of of people so so you think the motivation behind it is like people people can't control all of their circumstances in reality, like the way they look, the clothes they have, like the house they drop, like or whatever, all that kind of stuff. But like in a virtual world, some of that's obfuscated because you don't know who I am, mm-hmm. right? I could be anyone in the metaverse. I could be a woman. I could be a doctor. I could be like whatever, right? You think that that's where it like unlocks? Like I don't know. You're perceived what, as a different person. There's a lot I'm trying to unpack, and I, yeah. I should probably think about this more before talking about it. But there's a, so there's this um, Instagram page I follow called mm-hmm. um, uh, Influencers in the Wild. <laughs> Dude, I love it. It cracks me up. Yeah, but it's just people filming influencers getting their shot, and like just being. It's just so unrealistic when you're watching. It's like that is so fake. And like it's like I would be too uncomfortable to do what they're doing, like posing in the street or walking like that, or it's amazing. you know, a family is sitting there on the beach, and then there's this girl in like a thong bikini, just like shaking her butt, and it's like, and this guy is like getting all different angles of shots, and it's like that's like like that is gross. But then you watch all these people, millions of people following them, mm-hmm. and they're watching these lifestyles that are fake. And you probably would know they probably know that it's fake, yeah. But they're getting some sort of enjoyment out of watching somebody live their quote unquote best life or mm-hmm. living a life that they wish they could be living. And it's, even though they know it's fake, it's like pro wrestling, mm-hmm. you know, as a kid, I knew it was fake, but I didn't care. Like I was 
and still enjoying it. Yeah. And I think people are getting a similar thing. And so to wrap this back around, it's almost like you're now able, if, you know, in that future you were describing, it's like that thing that you were able to look at and just double tap and add a heart, you know, say, I like this. You can now take a piece of that Mm -hmm. and make it you. So people are always, now we're at a stage where we're watching stuff and we're coveting these things that people have that aren't even real. And now you're, you know, you push forward 10 years or however many years in the metaverse where you can then covet and take and have. And then that will be the next thing that we love and feel good about and then Mm -hmm. just loses its value just as quickly as we gained it. It makes me think about the movie Her. Dude, it's a... I think that movie is perfect. So good. Is it? Is really good. Really good yeah. movie. But it's like he can't take her with him. Mm-hmm. Like it just kind of it's always a problem. But then he realizes like she's with everyone, not just him. Dude, that movie hurts everyone. It hurts so bad to hear yeah. that part. And the movie was so well written. Anyway. Yeah, like how personal can it be? Like it, it it isn't. I think is the reality. But yeah, it's spooky. I think that I think you're right. Like I think people will adopt it. I don't think that people will say like, "Oh no, like real life is better than this." I'd rather like look at nature. Like we've seen what the media can do to people, right? Like mm-hmm. you know, I think people will go hook, line, and sinker for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, I, I'm trying to think. Like as a kid, you know, did you go out and play outside? Like because I did. I mean, mm-hmm. my neighborhood always had kids. Now it's like if I see a kid outside, it's like an odd thing. But there's kids all over my neighborhood, but they're not outside playing. Yeah. As much. And I, maybe I'm wrong, but it just seems like more things are keeping people inside. Obviously, video games have become a big thing for kids, and there's there's just so many varieties in TV. and Yeah. It's like I think we're just slowly becoming more introverted in our life. I I mean, it's like a weird thing now, especially after the last two years. It's like you feel weird almost going out and like doing something that was totally normal a few years ago. Like I remember when I first went out to eat with Jenny, it was like an uncomfortable thing. Like I was breaking out of my shell. Yeah. But it was really like something I was craving the whole time and now yeah. I have it and I'm like, I was more happy inside. I think that that's what it is. I think, I don't think people will become more introverted. I think they have become more insular. Like they think of everything as pertains to themselves. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And... That's a better way to put it. I think that I think that kids don't run around and play outside anymore because people are worried it's not safe. Like, like for me, we just moved to this new house. Like, I don't really know like that many people in our area that well. But like, I set up the ring camera when we lived in California, and it's like my three month old just got stolen from my front yard like all the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you're like, do you want your kids running around outside? Like, probably not. I think. When we grew up, like, it just didn't seem like, like, that happened, but it didn't seem like it happened, like, as much as it did now, and I think we're also, like, way more aware of, like, just, I don't know, kids are in danger, you know? I think nothing's changed as far as statistics. In fact, if anything, I think things were safer, but the dangers that are happening, you're aware of them immediately. I mean, think about Ring, and you can go on the Ring, and it has a map of all the crimes that happen. It's like... Mm-hmm. That stuff always has been happening. You just now I can look and see. Oh, yeah. I'm in the middle of these all these little red dots. Yep. Um, it makes us. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to again. That's like the more of the truth thing, right? It's going back to like, even if I know it's true that the danger has not changed. Yeah. Now I'm more aware of the danger. Does that change the fact? Like, can I overcome this newfound knowledge and let my kid be a kid? Yeah. 
And like, what's more damaging? Is it also damaging to not let them have the same kind of exploring like, and finding out for themselves and making mistakes? You know, there's, I think, dangerous degrees to both of it. There's the parents who don't ever pay attention to their kids. And I remember those kids growing up. I mean, it was, yeah, their parents just never knew where they were at. They were always in trouble. Um, and whatever. And then there's the parents who are so overly protective and afraid of all the dangers. And we see a lot more of that now where the kids just aren't allowed to do anything. Yeah. And that the parents are just terrified of every little thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know what's better. I think yeah. extremes of anything is not healthy. Yeah. Everything in moderation. Mm-hmm. I, I think you're right. Extremes are unhealthy. I guess... Where we lived before, we had like a privacy fence, and it was like you just like let the kids out in the yard, and it's like they can't even get anywhere. Like they're just out there, mm-hmm. and they just like do their thing. But yeah, I guess it depends. Like I, I think we probably err more on the like overprotective side, which is risky. We're kid. I mean, how old's your oldest? Four. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I'm pretty overprotective with Thatcher, but he's also you know four. Yeah. That's. Like, yeah. I'm not like, yeah, like, just go over to the school and, like, do your thing. Like, he's yeah. too young. Yeah. But, like, at a certain age, like, will I will I start to enable him to do that? Probably. I mean, we live across the street from a school, and, like, he could play on the playground or whatever. Like, that could happen. But, yeah, you're probably right. It's, we probably are safer than we've been. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting thing to talk about. Like, do you think you feel like things are progressing, like, beginning becoming better? Or do you think that they're, like, regressing, like, second law of thermodynamics? But, yeah, I don't know. I guess in the case of the kids, like, I, I probably always will err on the side of caution because I just, like, am biased. Like, I just don't want them to end up in a bad situation. And if it was because I was lazy or something, like, I just wasn't watching. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd never forgive myself. So, there's that. But, yeah, I guess it depends. I feel like we can never... You're never going to be able to protect your kids from everything. No. But there are certain things that it's like that are much worse than others. Mm-hmm. You know, certain kinds of abuse and things that can happen. And like, you definitely want to do everything you can to make sure your kid never has to experience that because mm-hmm. that stuff carries with you. So that's like the big fears for me is like, I remember when I was a kid, all the different things of like, uh, oh, there was this van going around. Look out for this van. If you see this van, don't talk to this guy. Jeez. Oh, and I remember that happened quite a few times in my childhood, like where we were on the lookout for this van. I remember one time, like the van pulled up that we were told about and it pulled up to me and a couple of buddies walking home. And the guy was like asking us to help him find his dog. And I remember being like terrified, like shaking. And yeah. um, we just started running, just running away. And I look back on that now, and I'm like, well, maybe it was a guy looking for. I'm like, no, there, like, there was alerts about a guy going around in this colored van, and here's the van. Like, it, that was an experience, <laughs> but I knew, and I ran away. But people like that exist. I guess uh, I'm not really making a point. I think your point is There's, like, yeah, there are reasons to be cautious about that kind of thing. We live in a world that is like yeah. very safe. You're always on camera. There's, you know, there's a lot of things that are safe. There's a lot of safety nets around. But I think the thing that's scary is that we are so disassociated from evil, mm-hmm. but also so it's so in our face that evil does exist. But it's like when this evil exists, it's so not a part of our everyday routine. Whereas, yeah. you know, generations prior, you'd see evil things happening all the time, where there was like the Wild West of like mm-hmm. people getting gunned down or whatever. Now it's like a news story. There's always like a level of separation where yeah. like normally you would never even have heard of that story. Mm-hmm. So I think that there's a level of evil that will always exist because humans have the capability to be evil. So I think that's never going to go away. 
but the safety that we have almost makes that little bit of evil that has is always going to be here almost um magnified mm-hmm. by the fact that it pops up on our phone it's like constantly we're constantly being reminded of it sure as opposed to just what we're connected to yeah so again it's like this battle of having the same amount still be this or having this small amount of evil still be present but also right. right in our faces do i which side do i fall and do i act in fear or do i look at it as what it is it's the covid death counter yeah yes. it's like everything seems worse than you know maybe like you're experiencing or something like that like how can we make you feel worse about this situation yeah it's a good point but then i don't want to make the wrong decision and then something happens to my you know my right. kid you're careless and it's like man was i was i wrong to do that right you're like, I don't know. I'll Man, take this, a shortcut. It's a weird time. I'll take a shortcut on this one. And then it's like, you know, yeah. something you can never forgive yourself for happens. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't want to end up on that on that uh, side of things. The other thing that the grocery store that I got these from had was... Tan- uh, this tangerine I'm going for. Tangerine's good. They had a... So they had a really good deli. And the deli had um, what's called Piedmontese beef. Have you ever heard of no. it? No. It's like a different strain. It's like an Italian strain of beef that breaks down differently. And everyone in California smokes meat, like has like some sort of like smoker situation. And uh, Jeremy Hamm, who I mentioned earlier, who's a beekeeper, he was like, he was like, dude, you got to get a Green Mountain Grill. So I got one and started smoking meat, like doing ribs and like stuff like that out there. And um, dude, that beef is worth whatever you have to pay to get it whole other animal seriously like i'm big into meat so have you looked you gotta look into piedmontese i'm serious all right you can get like boxes have you seen it around here no can't find it anywhere there's a website like where all the farmers will tell you like this is where you can buy it and i looked this area up and nothing but it's so it's a deli meat no no this is like a butcher like you want like uh you know, ribeyes or like porterhouse, like you name it, you can get Piedmontese, but it's like a very different strain of beef. There are so is it from a type of cow or a, or a something that's done cow. to it? Okay, yeah, and they have farms in Nebraska, but I oh, know I'm really into this. Thing. Not a lot yeah. of places have it like around here. I've tried to find it. I think if I'm gonna get it, I'm gonna have to get it like shipped to my house, like moink. Any style. of the special meat we get, we get like that. Whether we order it from Japan or yeah, um, we'll get Australia, yeah, uh, like wagyu's. Mm-hmm. But um, there's not too much in America that I've been impressed with. Piedmontese so I'm curious is good. About this. Piedmontese is good. There's a wagyu place um, right off of 202. There's a farm there that do their own wagyu. I see that, yeah. but it's. Again, with the American Wagyu, it's very different. I'm almost super fatty. I'd almost no. I mean, I I want the super fatty. Yeah. Like I want that insane marbling. So I've had, I've had the Japanese A5 mm-hmm. plenty of times at this point. It's really good, but and it's good in like a very small moderation. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and then there's the Australian Wagyu, which mm-hmm. is very similar, but I can eat like a nice size steak and be okay. And I actually like that more because I can enjoy like a full meal rather than having like a couple bites of something that is like way too heavy to have a full size steak of, mm-hmm. or just let alone the price. So Australian Wagyu has been like the place I've settled as like this is the best steak I want to really? have. And then, um, but yeah, like I've gotten the American ones, and I'm like for the amount that people are charging for the Wagyu name, yeah. I feel like they're hyping it up 
to be something it's not because it's just not what I picture as Wagyu. Mm. I I've been more heavily into like uh, like just if I want a nice steak, I do prime. Yeah, and I'll do like USDA dry aged. Prime. Yeah, and but dry aged. Yeah. Okay. Wegman's is actually surprisingly really good for that. The prices aren't the best, but um, the selection they have uh-huh. and their dry age in the house dry aging process is actually really good. Hmm. They often will have tomahawks that are dry aged. I think they only go for like twenty eight or thirty days. I like a little bit more than that, but um, I'll get them from there. And the have you ever had dry aged steak? Or yeah. Anything? Okay. So like the the flavor is just very different. Changes yeah. the whole profile, but. I'll get that, and then I'll do like a dry brine uncovered in the fridge for like two or three days. Really? You brine your steaks? For like two or three days. Interesting. Because I thought brine is primarily like a pork thing. Well, this will be like a dry brine. So like I'll uh, I'll put it on, and I pretty much do it to any steak. I mean, I've even tried it on cheap steaks mm-hmm. just to see what it does. I mean, it really breaks them down and makes them um, just very different. Are you Are you brining it with salt? Just salt. That's pretty much all I season with it. I mean, I don't do anything else. I used to add all different things. Now it's like, it's purely salt, sometimes pepper. I'm really just more into just doing the dry brine. And how do you cook your steak? Uh, I'll either sous vide it. Yeah, sous vide. Or on a cast iron. Interesting. We have the sous vide. I'm a big fan. I love it. Um, It's cool how you can like time it and it's always right. That's a fun thing. Yeah. Browning it in the pan is cool. Have you done vegetables in it? Yeah. That's been the coolest that chicken and chicken is, chicken <laughs> Dude, is really good it's perfect yeah yeah because chicken is the, is the hard one to cook yeah chicken like perfect every single time yeah. hard to beat yeah hard to beat um or fish too then salmon in there yeah brie brie um really likes steak and we have this debate of like is it better in the sous vide or on the green mountain grill so the green mountain grill is like uh, i don't know if you know so i I feel that's bad. not the green egg, is it? No. Okay. The green egg is like the porcelain one. So mm-hmm. that's like the Kamado cooker where it's like an egg and you open mm-hmm. it and close it. It's like super insulated. So yes. it maintains its heat forever. This is different. This is like if Traeger had like a level up, it oh, would be okay. Green Mountain. And it's a pellet smoker, but it can it can maintain like super low or super high temperatures. Um, and they have like a different convection process. So supposedly it like circulates things better than Traeger does. Sorry for everyone who loves Traeger, but like it's better. Um, the cool thing about the green mountain is like, I'll do steaks on there at like four fifty, and just do like seven minutes, both sides. And it gets like a really good char on it, but you get smoke in it too. Mm-hmm. But then you could do ribs on it at like two fifty for like eight hours, 10 hours, whatever you want to do. And they're yeah, like insane. Great. So you kind of get like both from it. We have a smoker; it's really big, like yeah, a big standing smoker in the backyard. Like the, and I love it, but you can't do both. Fifty gallon drum, like one. This one's like a, it's got like three racks that can be moved around. Yeah. Um, it's electric. Oh, cool! Uh, it does a really good job. Uh, I haven't had any complaints with it, but that's interesting. I, I've never seen one that does that. Well, I guess I guess the Traegers do. Yeah, I just I don't have anything that you could do both on. I don't. I haven't had a grill in years. Yeah. And I, I miss it. So when I was working, you know, picking up trash, yeah. I always find grills. Right. And I kept taking them home, but then I would Fixing give them, them away to people. And I just, we just never had one. I was always giving them away. And then, yeah, and that was it. And then we got the smoker and it was done deal. We bought our first house and a friend of mine who I had worked with in the past was like, dude, congrats on your first house. Like, I want to give you this grill, you know. And I, he lived, our first house was in Chai. You, you've been there. Mm-hmm. And 
I didn't have a truck. So I like rented a truck at Home Depot and drove to his house. His house is in like, um, man, where is it? It's far. It was like up the turnpike, like far. And I get there and it's like dark. Go to his house and he's like, oh yeah, it's out here. I'm like wheeling it, mm-hmm. wheeling it out. It's like a Weber grill. And I was like, oh, this will be cool. And then um, we're like wheeling it out and it like hits like a, divot or whatever like in the yard the driveway and the whole thing like collapses and he's like oh it's fine you know it's just like a little bit rusty or whatever you're like <laughs> you pick it up like everything had fallen out of it you know like the flavorizer yeah. bars like completely rotted out like uh-huh. the whole thing is like a nightmare then he's like these whatever's last forever bro they'll be totally fine so i brought it home right yeah and it's like i think i spent like 150 like 200 bucks like buying like all new parts for it like oh, igniter and like flavorizer bars like yeah. all this stuff and then it was actually like pretty nice yeah you know like the the shell of the weber lasts forever but i had i think i have like i restored that one and then we left it at the house because we rented it and mm. i was like somebody will like enjoy this it'll be great so california we didn't have one and i was like i'm gonna I'm gonna buy this Green Mountain Grill. I'm gonna do it. I I want to grill really bad, but most of the grills I look at now are also smokers. Yeah, and I just don't want a second smoker. Yeah, but a you, lot of the features for that grill I like, and I like the idea of a pellet mm-hmm. grill in general. Yeah, get a Green Mountain. How, I mean, what are we talking about here, like price wise? There's levels. So do they have just a grill? No, they're all the same. Like okay. the the smoker idea is just basically like um, it can maintain a low temperature mm-hmm. for a long period of time. So, you know, like whether or not it's a smoker, like I guess if you're thinking like is it a traditional like barrel like smoker or like, you know, pit type thing, like it's not one of those. It's a grill that can be at 200 degrees for like So my neighbor has a, has a Traeger. Yeah. And it's cool. He's cooked a few things, you know, that we've, we've gotten mm-hmm. to try. Turkey was actually surprisingly really good. Yeah. It was some of the best turkey I've ever had in my life. It's good. But, um, yeah, most of the grills, I'm looking at the prices of them, and I just, from picking up people's grills trash, so yeah. often in the trash, right. I just, they just fall apart. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, the outside stays right, but I just, the inside just trash. Just trash. I'm yeah. like, I don't know how, I don't know if this is made purposely to make people either buy a new grill or keep buying these parts. But yeah. I, I want one that I don't have to keep replacing. It's going to turn into a rust bucket, but we are getting the new deck in the backyard. So yeah. I'm like, maybe this will be the time. This will be the year maybe that we get a grill. Jamie has the Kamado Joe. Mm-hmm. And that is like a, it's a grill, I think, technically. But it's like a Kamado cooker. But like, he grills on it. And he also has like the uh, the rotisserie and stuff. Like, he's got like a lot of cool stuff going on with that. But that's really cool if you want, like, a crazy grill. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing that I, like, I shot away from those because you have to maintain the temperature by, like, controlling the airflow. So I was like, Jamie will figure this out. Like, you know, he'll love it. So you put, like, actual chunks of, like, wood into that thing or, like, um, pieces of, um, what's it called? I don't know. Whatever. Is it, like, wood chips that you buy, like, in a bag? No. That's that, what I have. Like, that thing is, like, they're, like, big. They're like mm-hmm. big pieces, um, whereas I have the pellet smoker, so it's just like the small ones. But you you do have to control the airflow on the top and bottom of those to like keep them going. Yeah. And I was like, that's going to be too complicated for me. I just want something that like I say it's four hundred and it stays at four hundred. Yeah. You know. So I think if you're like me and you just want to like spend the money to get the one that will do the thing you want like every yeah, time. Yeah, pretty much where I'm at. It's basically like a sous vide grill. 
That's pretty cool. Is a way to think about it. Yeah. I feel like if, if I did get one, I feel like it would, the smoker that we have, which yeah. is a really nice smoker, would just kind of be null and void. Because if I, yeah, I'd miss it. It's done good. We've Package it with stuff. a motorcycle. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> Selling motorcycle smoker package. <laughs> yeah. I People like will it. show up for that. There you go. I like it. I'll they just will. tell you. Piedmontese, you got to check it out. It might change your life. Piedmontese is the beef. Is oh, that's right. Okay, yeah, you gotta check it out. Um, you have to text me and remind me that one. I, will. I do want to do it. Yeah. It's really good. I want to check it out. Yeah, I've been meaning to do it. I would like to do one of those meat subscriptions, but we just did. Uh, do you know Dry Farms Wine? Mm-mm. We just did that one, which I did. I got it for brief for Mother's Day, but it's like all natural wines. Every month they send you like six bottles. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So if you if you're on the natural wine train, that's a good way to get it. I went to go buy wine for the first time in years recently. Yeah, and I I was so overwhelmed with everything, and somebody was telling me about natural wine. Oof. That was Mike. So I'm looking for natural wine. Mike's wines. picking it up from us, probably. Yeah, so I'm looking for that, and then I'm like, I don't know what to do. And then I found this black box, Ooh. and I was reading the side, and I was like, really talking a good game. I yeah. was like. I think I'm going to go with this black box of wine for like 13 bucks or 20, Uh 25 bucks. And I went with that. It was great. It's good. And I'm not, I don't know much about wine. I don't even know like the different types. I mean, I know the names. I don't know what it means. Yeah. Um, And some of them I love and some of them I hate. (laughs) So I can't, I definitely can't claim to be a wine connoisseur. Um, I understand like the draw to it and I would probably get into it, but it's just like another thing that I don't want to add to my life. I think that I've gone the opposite direction of most people on wine. Like, I don't drink red wine very often. I primarily drink Chardonnay. I like is that white like, wine. Does that mean what? Okay, white. so I like white a yeah. lot better. And or a blush. I like it. I like it. It's like kind of sour. I like it better. I just do. I don't know what to say. I should have. I should have shared this box with you. I'll have to find out what this box. Uh, is. Next time we do this, I'll bring a. <laughs> na- I'll bring a natural Chardonnay. There you go. The cool thing about them is like it just doesn't make you sick. Like the because they don't add sugar and all that stuff to it, but they expire because they're like not preserved. Oh, so you can't age them. Mm-mm. Okay, that's interesting. They're oh, drinking. you know, I think that's what Mike and I were talking about. Yeah, we're talking about aging things. You're talking about natural. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm ringing a bell now. Yeah. No, it's cool. We uh, yeah, Dry Farms Wine is a is a cool way that you can like subscribe. So they actually do like they have a collection. They'll get them from like everywhere, France, Spain, you name it. And you like get them in the mail. It's pretty cool. So there was a beer subscription like that from Ooh. Shark Tank that I saw. Really? I was really into it. And it was it was definitely not like beers that I would want more than just like one right. or like a couple of because some of them were odd flavors. But they had this thing where like every month you would vote if you were part of the subscription, you'd get one vote. And so your vote would go towards like everybody would be able to with your wait with your subscription you got two things you got to enter in a flavor yeah and then you got to enter in a vote so you'd enter in the flavor and then the next month you would get to use your vote to vote on it and whatever one reached the top they would make that beer for the following month they made it they would make that flavor beer I'm not vibing that bro but it wasn't that wasn't the beer that you would primarily get you'd okay. get like a variety pack but i think that was i could be botching this but you'd yeah. get like a beer from them mm. and then like some of it or one of them would be 
this the beer. Flavor. Yeah. So it was like a fun little idea. And I was like, oh, this could be fun just to subscribe. But there was something with like shipping it over state lines. And they wind oh. up, I think they went down. Like it was just like you can still subscribe, mm. but you have to live in the area. Like and you'd have to go pick it up in person. Wow. They couldn't ship it. And it wound up destroying their whole business plan. That's totally... something. I think something changed in the law while they were doing it too. Wow. But anyway, well, so I'm wondering when I see these things about wine being shipped, I wonder yeah. why that works. Maybe it's their Don't state know. they live in. Maybe could be where they're registered or something. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, in Colorado beer is risky because, like you know, there's always like a peanut butter beer floating around or something, and you're like, dude, I'm not drinking that. Like, I, I, I have no interest in like a stout I, that tastes like peanut butter. Dude, I get hooked. I get, no. they, dude, they snag me. I'm looking and I'm like, oh, that looks like really appetizing. I'll buy I'm like, why did I do this? Why did I fall for this stupid trick again? You don't want it. Like the shoe you fly pie, shoe fly pie beer. No. I'm like, I didn't want that. That's it was so terrible. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> shoe fly pie beer. No. I made a, I made a variety pack once. From the depths of Lancaster. Yeah. yeah. I just thought, it, I just, uh, more basic stuff. I've been aging my beers though. I've around that corner. You can't mm. see it where we're sitting now, but bunch of stuff that's been aged it's really good yeah we did crack them open one time one here and i mean we blacked out i bet we had three beers i've yeah. never had anything like that i mean i thought we were good i was I, just we had, fermenting yeah but it was just like not expected like the podcast went you know it was doing good it was me and george brooks if anybody wants to go listen to this it, the episode that i released is actually about a third of what we recorded oh, it man. was it was a mess halfway up we we had like two shots of tequila, and this is over the course of like hours. Like yeah. it doesn't sound like it sounds like more than it was, but two shots of tequila, and two beers. But in the morning, I found another beer that was open. For, you know, anyway. Yeah. But the level that we went from like just yeah. totally sober to like blackout drunk, I'm just still I still when I think back on it, I'm like I just can't fathom that we got that drunk off of two beers and two shots. Wow. So it's dangerous. Yeah. So now, now I, I will drink them a little bit less frequently, but you know. Yeah, I mean, if you're aging your beers, you're. I mean, we did a, we had a wine fridge for the first time, in the house we lived in in California, so that was like the first time we felt obligated to like we we're like we have this wine fridge like probably should put something in it. It's kind of weird to like have it mm. and just be empty all the time, and we were like, I guess we'll like whatever like put a couple of things in there. And then, like, people start bringing it, you know, like, when they come for a party and stuff. And you, like, end up just, like, having, like, this stash. Yeah. And then it was COVID, right? So everyone's, like, grabbing everything that they can get. Like, you know, I laughed at that Curb Your Enthusiasm episode this year where, like, they're at the dude's mock funeral. And they're like, he's a COVID hoarder. Oh, it was, like, a closet dude, full of toilet so paper. Funny. But, like, that was <laughs> yeah. us. I mean, everybody was doing that. They were, like, people are, like, food shortages are coming. Like, get your food. And you're, like, What? So we had everything on lock. We had like, we had toilet paper at Costco. Like, I mean, you can't even buy a small amount of anything from Costco. So we had like a lifetime's worth of toilet paper anyway. That's so funny. But I would go to uh, Bevmo. And What's that? I, Bevmo uh, in California is like a liquor store, basically. Okay. But you get like a membership, kind of like Total Wine here. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would get a Bevmo, and they had this like nickel bottle thing where like if you buy one, you get another one for a nickel. So oh, like, that's cool. I would always just be like, I don't know. I mean, I guess we're gonna have these people over. Like, I guess I should just get like two. It's a nickel. Like, yeah. Why? So we ended up having like a stash too, <laughs> and I probably was aging some of that stuff unintentionally in my uh, in my laundry room. 
I drank a lot of Pizza Port IPA out there. I don't know if you've heard of Pizza Port. Yeah, but I don't know. What, I, the yeah. name sounds so familiar. The is beer that, scene. Is that a brewery? Yeah. Okay. The beer scene in California is really good. Like, Sculpin is, like, everywhere, you know? I feel like here, you'd see a Sculpin, and you'd be like, that's cool. It's from California. I'm going to try that. It's like Sculpin's, like, you know, yingling there. Okay. Um, so, if I was going to suggest some to you, I would suggest Modern Times. If you've not heard of Modern Times, mm-hmm. that's a cool brewery. If you could get your hands on some of their stuff. Um, there are a bunch that you would know, like regular ones. But um, I also liked, there's one called Sky Kraken. Really good. That's cool. Yeah. Sky Kraken. Pizza Port's good. And then, uh, ooh, what was that other one? I'll have to think of it. Modern Times is great, though. They're probably my favorite. They're like San Francisco brewery. I've been drinking mostly Von C Brewing, which is out in. Um, are, you, are you aware of them? I've heard of them. Yeah, my my one of my closest friends is the head brewer. Oh He's, wow! Really? Yeah, it's Mike from that I play video games with. Wow! So a lot of my beer is from there. Um, but and you're more than welcome to take a little variety pack. I just oh, cool. way more than what I can drink. When I go <laughs> is there, it I aged. I don't know. No, 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 yeah. no. That stuff is not. Um, but like so, Von C is mostly what I drink now, mm-hmm. or any of their stuff. I really enjoy. And then there is a Four Finger Brewing Company that I pass by in Aston on the way home from work. I've seen that? They they've got you know they're early, but I uh, some of the stuff they've had I really liked. Um, and then there's what else? We have Two SP, which is pretty good around here. Yeah, Two Stones was getting like kind of popular a while ago so that's the brewer that used to be head brewer at iron hill yeah i actually just yeah. found that out recently when i was i think i was there and they were, i was yeah. talking to the guy i don't know about some of their more popular beers most of the stuff i get is like the limited supply runs and mm-hmm. like the or like the whiskey barrel or barrel aged stuff yeah um, so i have like some bigger bottles over there like that i'm aging like that are specifically meant to be aged um jenny did a beer course for college like for oh, really? fun and she went there to like do a tour yeah. and they like helped her out for her final. And then she brought home something. It was like, it said, it said on there like best uh, enjoyed after four years. And we cracked wow. it open and like, you know, three years later it was, it was incredible. Um, but yeah, most of the stuff I know is like local. Yeah. That I've gotten into, uh, just cause it's, I don't know, it's just f- something, yeah, something fun about like going out there and seeing the process and yeah, enjoying it. Local's cool. Like I was saying earlier, like small businesses, supporting local people feels more impactful like as much as i'd like to buy like the sam adams you know holiday samplers and stuff like you know porch rocker is good their oktoberfest is good like i like their beers but uh-huh. like i'd rather buy some random one from somebody who's you know in the area yeah. dude i love finding like some of the really small businesses like mm-hmm. i recently actually through four finger brewing i met a guy that makes his own hot sauce and i met another guy oh, wow. another time there that makes his own beef jerky that lives in aston so wow. now i have both their phone numbers and i'm waiting for the next batch to get really to get yeah to get that and then like i buy my honey like a couple you know a couple blocks away from the shop yeah oh, cool. at work yeah like I, I don't know there's something really cool about these people that are doing stuff out of their home and not trying to make a ton of money. It's like a hobby that they're yeah. making a little bit extra cash on, like a little side hustle. And I love buying from them. Yeah. Yeah. It always, it kind of makes you want to do it on your own. Yeah. Right. And you're always like, I don't even know what my thing would be there. Yeah, right? Like that, I, that's my blocker is like, I'm just not, you got to be passionate about something to do that. Like honey is, honey's the a one lot I would of work. probably do. Really? Jenny, well, Jenny's dad does it. Yeah. And it's some of the best honey I've ever had in my life. And mm. Jenny really wants to do it. 
I just don't know where. Like you saw like the way the yard is set up. On yeah. the other side of the fence, I would mm. love to have them, but I can't monitor people messing with it. But then again, I'm like, who would mess with beehives? Bees. Yeah. I don't know. But I would I would like to have it in an area where I'm not gonna be bothered. And I think somewhere in the yard it might yeah. be possible now. It seems like a, a serious hobby to me. Like that's the thing I always think. Like if I was to get if I was to like start to build up like a hive, you gotta get a queen, right? Isn't that like the first thing? Yeah. Well, when I looked into it, there's, man, I'd probably be laughed at by the beekeeping community, but yeah, I saw a lot of shamed. beehives that were like, <laughs> you just, I mean, they're just like made to attract bees. It's yeah. a little bit more expensive, but it's like one of those things where it's like a turnkey house. You yeah. know, you just, you buy it, you set it up, you order a queen online, you pop her in there and then does its thing and get your, you know, you can order the bees too. Huh. I don't know. I mean, it seems really easy when I'm looking it up. Like yeah. it's just like, oh, this could be a lot easier, a little bit pricier to get started. But then once it's once it's started, then you just keep it going. What do you do with them in the winter? You bring them in your house, right? I, you know what? I think that was something. I was no, right? Do you? I think I don't I know. I mean, that's why they don't do bees here. Scary. So I see people do bees here. Jeremy's are in Florida. So actually, by by your dad's job, like by the shop at work. There are several beekeepers, and like that, I pass like right there on Smithbridge Road, like several uh, that I could see out on people's lawns or on some of the properties. And then, like I said, there's a few people that sell honey on that area. So it's funny you say that because that's the one thing I didn't look up (laughs) because I was wondering the same thing. It's it's an interesting thing. I mean, we, I know I keep bringing California up, but like coming back from there, we we like forgot what weather was, you know. And I'm, I miss it a lot of the time because of just, like, how temperate it was there. But, like, it was funny. Emma would look outside and she'd be like, it's raining, Dad, in California. And I'd be like, literally not raining. Like, that's not. <laughs> she had never seen it, you yeah. know. So now we came home and it's like, it's still cold. It's May and it's still cold. Like, yeah. I can't believe it. Like, I'm wearing a hoodie all day. I'm cold right now. And I'm like, I my body completely changed. But the idea of, like, a bee colony being outside in the winter to me seems impossible there's no way yeah i don't know what these people are doing they have they're to not be getting new, inside new bees every year i mean no do they hibernate maybe maybe that's what I it gotta, is i gotta ask these because somebody's gonna laugh customers even that have done it and given me like as a tip like a, their jar of honey with really? their little sticker label oh on here's it. your little honey yeah, yeah that's cool i like it the one guy that i that's near the shop infuses mm-hmm. his honey uh and it's what is it called? There's something, there's a process you could do that stops it from hardening. He doesn't do that. It's huh. like some, so honey, if you get like natural honey, like unprocessed or something, yeah. it will actually turn hard to where you can scoop it almost. It's almost like a consistency of ice cream. I like it that way. Me too. Because you can spread it on stuff easier. Yes. Yeah. So I like this guy. He does whatever that process that he doesn't do. Uh-huh. Anyway. Um, that makes it more natural. He, you know, his is like that, but he infuses it with different flavors. So like upstairs I have, a cognac, a some other kind of or whiskey, huh. and jalapeno and something else. Oh, but they're wow. really good for like cheese plates. Like we had one at Easter, and I put it out. It's, it's so good. I so bet. like, there's a lot you could do with honey. Yeah. Rather than just buying the little plastic bear that is apparently not honey. I know. Yeah. You know, we were in Maui, and uh, this is a funny story. Jer- so I would ask Jeremy, like, you know like how the supply 
chain issues affecting you or whatever, right? And then he would be like, you know, can't get like the bears, can't get like the bears to put the honey in, right? Mm-hmm. Like that was a thing. And we were in Maui and I was at the grocery store and there was a whole aisle. It was like a, you know, pharmacy aisle or whatever, right? Like band-aids and stuff. The whole aisle had like the bears full of like hand sanitizer. And I was like, this is where all the bears are going. They're filling them with hand sanitizer. (laughs) Like the beekeepers in the States are literally like, we have nowhere to put this stuff. Like we gotta get jars. And like, you know, it's probably different because Hawaii, like everything shipped in, you know, like Mm -hmm. they, like a box of Lucky Charms there is like $8 because you just like, it's flown in. They don't make there. So I had to do something with that. I'm sure. But I was like, how funny is that? Like hand sanitizers in the bear now, not honey. That's really weird to see. I wonder how that process went about. I think they were probably just like, we got to get hand sanitizer yeah. to people and like, what can we put it in? They're like, oh, we got these bears. That's so Let's weird. prioritize it to the, you know, hand sanitizer people. Purell. That's bizarre. Weird. Yeah. You've ne- I've never seen another use case for that jar. Yeah, I've never seen anything like that and at no. all. Like anything that was put in the wrong product. What's another product that has like a very unique container? Like milk. Milk has like unique containers. Think of Aunt Jemima. Yeah. I don't know what she can what her name is now, but um syrup syrup, syrup lady. lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like log cabin, like yeah, those yeah. Yeah, those syrup brands where it's like, yeah, what else could go in there? Like ketchup or something. <laughs> like so weird. <laughs> Mustard. Yeah. All those would like give you nightmares. I don't know what oh, else. This is totally random. Yeah. You just anyway, think about things being the wrong thing. I watched this Instagram video and I'm just curious your take on it. This guy's girlfriend bought him a salt and pepper shaker, and there was a saying on each one. And one said, you are the salt. And the other one said, to my pepper. Uh-huh. And he was like, his mind was blown. And he's like, I don't understand which one I'm supposed to put the salt in and which one's supposed to be the pepper. Do I put the salt in the one that has the word salt and the pepper in the one that says pepper? Because they're talking to each other. So the salt is calling the other or the one that says salt is calling the other one salt. You are the salt to my Ooh. pepper. And Wait. So the one that said you are the salt. Which one goes? Were in they that? colored? Or were they They were white. I think they were white with like black. So they're both they, white. Yeah, it was like porcelain. They're both so white. No with indicator like of like which would be pepper and which would be salt. Yeah. So one said, You are my salt. You, you are, are the, the salt, salt to my pepper. And the question is, which would have which yeah. in it? Um I am I would say I would say that the one that says you are the salt should have the pepper in it. I think that's the way it's designed. Yeah. And then the one that says to my pepper should have the salt, right? Yeah, it's weird though. But anytime you had a guest over, they're not going to read it. I feel like they just see the word salt, salt and, and throw pepper. pepper on. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I do don't you do like it that wrong? gift. I don't like that at all. It, it's a really it, bad one. It bothered me. Yeah. Watching that video. <laughs> you are the salt to, to my, my pepper. pepper. I also don't really understand, like, are salt and pepper mutually exclusive? What do you mean? Every time like, you use salt, you use pepper? I think as far as the palate goes, anything that could take salt could also take pepper. I don't know any indicate or any scenario where you couldn't put both. You couldn't put both. Because when I hear, you are the salt to my pepper, I think salt is a um complimentary 
seasoning to mm. the pepper. Mm. Which, like I would say, some people make like mashed potatoes. They wouldn't put pepper in it. But that would be personal preference because you could put pepper on mashed potatoes. That is not an odd You thing. could. You'd probably use white pepper though. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Anyway, totally side note, but I haven't mentioned that to anybody. I was curious. That is a weird it. one. It's kind of like a, it's like a halfway of a riddle. Yeah. Mm. But I didn't like the gift either. I was like, that's just terrible. No. Someone didn't think that through. No, I don't like that. What was the occasion? <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. I was just like, my girlfriend bought me these and I yeah. don't know what to put in. Just like. And the uh, comments were, you know. I care for all you. All equally upset about it. Yeah. Yeah. Unclear. Not a fan. Total fail. But anyway, you're talking about different things in bottles. Yeah, that's weird. I don't know. Th- this whole pandemic like coming out, there's there's a lot of things to see that are just very odd. Like, mm-hmm. are we getting used to new things? Are things coming back? Do people want them to come back? I don't even know. Yeah. But anyway, to segue out into something. Yeah. Um, California. Mm-hmm. I remember the picture, if you can help me remember, yeah. of the gun... The way you showed me, it was a picture of the way a trigger had to be yeah. on a rifle. Can right. you explain that to me again? Well, mm, I guess I have to think about like names I can't so, say. Oh, you can say whatever. I was only kidding okay. before. Yeah, you can say whatever you want. <laughs> I was going to say. Joe thing, I was just joking. There's, there are, there's a lot of gun legislation that's been passed in California by Kamala Harris. That's like, it makes it really tricky to have guns there. Okay specifically certain brands of guns. Like, I've always liked Walther. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm saying Great that right. stuff, yeah, Walther. And I have, like, a PPQ. I have a PPS that I kept here. I just didn't take it with me. I didn't take any guns with me because I just thought, like, what's the point? Like, mm-hmm. I don't need them. And honestly, like, people were really freaking out there. Um, the, the stuff going on in San Jose, like, riots were happening. I didn't know like really anybody in the area. Like we, we moved out there and we're kind of like alone, you know, like mm-hmm. no safety net there. Um, so I was like, I mean, what am I going to do to protect my family? If like something actually happens, like, I don't, I don't know. So I had met this guy at church and he was like, Oh, go to this place. Like, you know, they have some stuff, but the process is a lot different there. Like you have to, I actually think a lot of it makes sense. Like background check happens. But even when you're cleared, you have to wait, I think, 10 days before you can actually pick up the, the firearm that you purchased. Because it's like a cool-off period, basically. It's like if you were trying to buy it to harm someone, you have to wait like this period to actually get it. And I I'm like, it. not the worst idea. Um, I, I can't argue too much on it other than the fact I just think all gun laws are racist and wrong. And I... I don't think background checks are legal uh, mm. to the constant. I mean, I'm like completely like, I think even a nuclear weapon, if somebody had the money and the finances to buy it, they should have no restrictions as of the constitution right now. Now, do I think that I <laughs> want that? No. Yeah. I'm like, going to disagree I, with you on that. Well, constitutionally speaking, yeah. there is no argument. Well, then I'm glad they made an exception because so, I don't want anybody getting their hand on anything. But the thing is like, yeah. If it was looked at in reality, I mean, there really is, there shouldn't be any law that should have any standing of sure. any kind of gun law mm-hmm. um, that restricts you in any way. Sure. So, if anything, I think as weapons advance, I wouldn't mind, and I would probably vote in favor of certain ammunitions, like mass yeah. weapons, anything that can cause mass destruction, 
to have massive restrictions on it mm-hmm. um, to where an individual couldn't go purchase that. But, it, you know, that's like the extreme end of it. Um, but I think I'm only bringing it that far to say, like, that's how far I think the way it's written in law yeah. is really set out. And then we look at, like, what you and I would deal with, which is background checks, um, massive weights on certain things. Like, I'm yeah. waiting over a year now for a 22 suppressor mm. because of the process that the government has to go through. And I'm just out of luck until then. I paid for it. I'm just waiting. Wow. It's just it's just weird. I don't like any of the whole process. Well, I get the arguments on both sides. I just It's it, way different here than it is in California, I'll tell you that. I mean, the So I anyway, I got yeah. like I got something and Did you get something complete like a California in, gun or did you build? In um California, I bought um like one handgun. I did buy. And then everything else I bought was lowers. Okay. Yeah. Um they do like a cool thing where like if you use Palmetto State Armory or something like that, you can ship it to a federal firearm, like mm-hmm. somebody with an FFL. Yeah. And, you know, they'll actually like do all the paper and registration stuff for you. So like you have to do all the serial numbers for your lowers there. And then you could buy like whatever parts you want. The rest of the stuff can be shipped to your house. So like um, I I met somebody who was like, who's like a marksman, like for real, like tournaments, like really really good and i was like kind of inspired by it and i was like i want to like try this like it's kind of cool like machinist type stuff like building things and um so i did i built one and then i bought two lowers because i was like i don't even know like i might as well just get two like i probably did the same thing built one yeah still have the other lower so i built one like bought a kit like it was like all the parts and Mm -hmm. it's like you know the cheapest thing possible put that together um and for it to be California compliant, you got to do like a whole bunch of special things. Like um, the max magazine you can have in California is 10 rounds. You can't have a bigger magazine than that. And can the magazine detach? No. That was the we- that was one of the weirdest Not things. without a bullet button or some modifications made. So what's a bullet button? So like a bullet button, um, it's a button, but it's like indented. So you can't push it with your finger. You have so to you push it with something else. You need a tool. So you can't release the magazine. The The other thing you can do is, like, I have something on one of mine called a Patriot pin. Okay. Which literally breaks the upper and lower action. Uh-huh. So it takes the whole gun apart. Yeah. And has, like, a self-lubricating takedown pin in the back. So once you break the action, then you actually get access to the release. So you can drop your magazine, put another one in. You put the action, the action back together and put the takedown pin back in. So the Patriot pin, uh, that's yeah. that's such a process. And anyway, it's, it's like one wild. of those things that's like so weird because you can so easily just buy something else if you're going to do something crazy. People don't just sure. like off a whim just go do a mass shooting like they prep for it. Yeah, usually, I, right. I mean, I think like this is the thing. Like, like so, I couldn't buy a Walther there because they the don't magazines. do micro stamping. Okay, is that? What's micro-stamping? Micro-stamping is they stamp the serial number of the gun on every casing that fires. Every single one? Yeah. That is actually interesting. I don't know if I'm totally against micro-stamping, <laughs> um, but that's interesting. I didn't know that was a thing. So, yeah, so as like it's certain, ejected? Certain, uh, I think it's on the firing pin. On the firing pin, pin that would make more sense. Yeah. yeah. 
So like certain generations of Glock, I think, do it, and then others don't. So they don't sell I them. Had no idea that was a thing. I've heard the term. I just was like, I yeah, wasn't sure. But this is what I'm saying. It's like some of the you're like that's actually kind of not like yeah. bad legislation. It's annoying. I can't get the one that I want. But like, why wouldn't I'm kind of in favor of that? Like, I'm mm-hmm. in favor of the wait period. I'm in favor of that. Like, I think the background check is fine. Like, I wouldn't. You know what I mean? Here's there's, my problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there's no end to it. Well, I, I understand. It's like a slippery and it's slope, like, right? I have my guns yeah. not for somebody intru- you know, entering my home. I have my guns. To protect mostly, yourself from the government. <laughs> yeah, and now the same people I'm protecting myself from are telling me what kind of things I can protect myself from them against. Yeah. And, I, and they're slowly, like, over the years, turning this whole idea of, like, guns are meant for hunting and protecting your home. Like, no, guns are meant to protect yourself against the tyrannical government, and we also use them as tools for hunting and yes, a self-defense for our homes. Yeah. But the primary reason of the Second Amendment was not to protect yourself against other people. There are that more guns in circulation in the United States than there are people. I love that. I mean, I love guns. That's the thing. I like as a hob- like a hobby. Like I just yeah. lo- I love everything about them. When I built my gun, I loved it. I loved building it and picking the different parts and learning how like the the mechanics of it. And then I like shooting different kinds of guns and just the differences of just different models or like mm-hmm. this is a higher end gun and you know this this is the same gun but with a different caliber and it shoots differently in this way or that. I just love everything about them. I don't love violence by any means. I don't yeah. love anything wrong done with them, but I don't ever associate the gun to that. I associate just the yeah evil in, in human beings. Well, I think... Like, as far as California goes with guns, it's definitely different than, like, here even. Yeah. And I mean, I know, that's a total extreme. Yeah. It's like the other side of the world. Like, it's weird. But, you know, yeah, like, you look at other places like China or something, like, you're not allowed to have them at all. And then I had a friend who, um, like, when when uh, guys would come from China, like, for work, he would take them to the shooting range. And he said they would, they would like, blow their minds. Like, they loved it. Mm-hmm. They thought it was, like, so fun. You know, because for them, it's like you could never even think about like having a gun. Right. Mm. So, yeah, it's polar opposite. It's like, you know, California is trending in the direction of like something different. They put the liability insurance thing on it, which I don't know if that's actually even like passed or not. It did pass like on a low level. I don't know if you heard about that. No. Basically, if you owned a gun, you had to get liability insurance for it. Because like anyone who owned any gun, like in case somebody else did something with in it, in case someone was killed with it or injured with it, whether it was like you or someone else, that book I'm I was talking about denying mm. uh, yourself to the grave, um, denying to the grave. One day I'll get the title right. Um, one of the sections in that book is like you need a gun to keep yourself safe, mm-hmm. you know, and it's funny because it's a book that just like breaks down so many different like things that I. I have like probably the opposite perspective about and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, it, you know, the gun, the gun argument is a hard one. I think that you're right. Like if you look at it as like a way to protect yourself against the government, um, you know, like do you think an invasion is going to happen and stuff like that? I don't know. I don't, it's but, not necessarily that I think it's going to happen. It's just that that's did. the right. I mean, I was born yeah. here. That's my right. And the, the right was to be against, you know, Fair the right ones. was to protect against the people yeah. who are now infringing on that right. And the the right is literally that they is not to be infringed. Yeah. What is it? A well, what's the well-armed militia? militia? Yeah. Well-armed militia. Yeah. But uh, I don't, I couldn't tell you the whole second amendment. Yeah. Um, off the top of my head, I uh-huh. completely botch it. 
Um, which maybe I should not. You probably should, dude. The way you're talking. But here's the thing: it's like <laughs> I, I know what it allows me to do, and yeah. I know the reason for it. Um, well, I'm not against them. I mean, I owned them in California. Yeah, I, I, didn't, I, I did. Know. I followed all the rules. Like you know, that you can't own a gun there without having a safe. Like you have to do all of that stuff. You have to actually have it with you when you buy it. I think you have to bring it. Like, and show them, like, I'm going to put this in a safe. Like, there's a lot of rules. Did you ever listen to, uh, what is his name? Kevin Hart, his latest stand-up. I guess it was still, like, two years ago. No. But he talks about being a gun owner. No. Oh, dude, I went, Jenny and I actually went and saw him in the stadium in Philly. Oh, yeah. And uh, it wasn't his best stand-up. But there was one, that uh, like, joke that just, dude, it sticks with me. And it just cracks me up to this day. But he talks about being a gun owner. And he's like, yeah, I bought this gun. And he's like, I had it. And he's like, now I got to figure out where am I going to put this gun? Like, right. I don't want to keep it in safe because if I need it, I need to be able to get it. So he's right. like, I'm going to put it, you know, in this one area. And he's like, but then, you know, what if I'm taking a dump and someone breaks in the house? And he's like, you know, what am I supposed to do? I can't get to that side of the house. So now I need a bathroom gun. He's like, <laughs> so that if somebody busts open the door while I'm pooping, yeah. I could be like, hold on, let me just wipe real quick and boom, got a gun. Yes. You know, and he's like, right. oh, what if they break into the house while I'm doing laundry? Hold on, let me just put this laundry detergent in before you know. And he's like, boom, got a gun. Yeah. That's kind of like the idea that I've had around this house. Wow. That has to change because the kids are getting older. Yeah. But that's basically really does. the way the house is set up now. Yeah, I know there's the theory of like they can't rack it and stuff. I think that's true for a while, but it, rack it? Like they can't like can't actually keep put it around racked? into the weird. The kids can't like they're not strong enough. Oh, oh, gotcha, gotcha. To like actually put around into the chamber. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not I say it like jokingly, like the house is not dangerous. I have kids yeah. coming over when I don't even know they're coming over. My nieces right. and nephews, and it, the house is fine. Yeah, um, it's more than fine, uh, but it's going to have to be even more than that eventually yeah. as they get older. But anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. I just I, the whole idea is like I want something available quickly. I don't want to have to run to a safe. Right. I mean, I keep most of the big stuff in the safe, but I, I have other stuff around. I think my solution for that was like. I just need to be physically stronger, mm. you know? Like, there's a reality of, like, you're not always going to have your gun, you know? You're you're most likely not going to have your gun. It's probably a better way to look at it. Like Maybe. Yeah, I'm serious. Think about it. Like, I mean, you, you walk into the Wawa, right? Like, you don't know what's going to happen. I If I'm not working, I have a gun on me. Yeah, you're carrying it. And, like, don't mention what the thing is, but that thing on top of the freezer, that's a safe hidden. It was made like by veterans. I mean, actually, really excited about that. Set that up somewhere. The, but, uh, I think that the reality is like you just like physically strong is probably like one of your better defenses. If I'm really gonna break it down, I think mentally strong. The, the idea mm. that I don't have to react because I have a gun on me is probably what would save my life in a scenario. Not needing to be the hero, really being able to understand the situation. Like, yeah. do I need to? Because I've been in some situations where guns have been pulled. I've had guns pulled on me, and I've had guns pulled on somebody around me. Like the, mm-hmm. the one crazy thing I always mention is like I remember going to pick up my rent money around the corner in this Chinese store, and I pull out like six hundred and fifty bucks cash at the ATM. And as um as the money is feeding out, some dude comes in, pulls a gun out, and starts smacking it up against the glass, saying, "You missed one of my chicken nuggets. I paid for you know five chicken nuggets. I got four. And he's screaming and flailing this gun all around, and I'm like, see, almost that's getting the guy shaky that should right have now, gone through the background check. Oh, see, I don't think the guy went through any check. I think the guy just bought yeah, the gun. But I'm sitting there, guns. and I just remember grabbing the money, and I had my hands on my hoodie, and one hand was holding a revolver with my finger, like ready to like 
pulled the trigger, like aimed towards him. And the other hand was like gripping my money up. And I, I could have reacted, but in the end, like I knew the guy was just angry and trying to scare them. So I just, I wedged myself between the wall and the ATM because they're really thick, obviously. And I just kind of crouched down a little bit and I was good and I survived. Mm. Now, had I pulled that gun out, um, then you're in a fight. Maybe I mean, yeah, maybe I get shot. Maybe I die. Maybe I miss. Maybe we both get shot. It's just not worth it. So like, I think the biggest thing is being able to, I'm like shaking almost thinking like that was like a real thing that like, it actually makes me nervous to remember. Like it was, it was scary. But, um, yeah, I think you're right though. Being physically able to overtake somebody and then also knowing when to react and when not to react, I think are the, are big things, especially in that scenario. Like, just because you have a gun, I guess, doesn't mean you need to pull it. Yeah. I mean, that's that whole, like, you brought a knife to a gunfight thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't want to end up, like, in the situation where, like, everybody's drawing on each other, like, whatever you have in your pockets yeah. kind of deal. But, yeah, when it comes to, like, protecting yourself or, like, protecting your family and stuff, like, I don't know. There's a really good chance, like, you might not have a gun on you when you need it. I mean, it, yeah, maybe if you carry or, like, you have it in the glove compartment of your car and stuff, like, all yeah. that stuff. Like, But, you know, the best option is probably for you to be able to, like, protect yourself without it. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I mean, that's part of my theory. I don't think that, like, carrying is something that I'll do. I know people who do, like, when they work in certain areas and stuff, like, they do because it's just, like, sketchy or something like that. Yeah. But I don't know, dude, like walking around media, it's hard for me to imagine. I really need to like have something on me. So my thought is just like, you just never, like you said, you never know. Yeah. Like if somebody's going through media, like I don't think the person, if I ever come, well, right, so like I've been in multiple situations where guns have been pulled, mm-hmm. like the one that wasn't pulled on me, but I've had a gun put into my stomach and been robbed. Um, it was scary and I didn't have a gun on me. And that was at a time that I almost always carried. Mm. I had switched my pants to be able to test out the squad I was going to buy and didn't move the gun over. Cause why would I need a gun to go to ride the squad? squad? I just kept thinking like, I, I didn't want to go get the other gun that had a better clip. And the gun I was holding before had a, it was a pocket holster that would have fallen out of the pants that I was switching to. Anyway, it was like the stupid way of like justifying not having it. And then, you know, an hour later and I got a gun in my stomach. Ugh. So, and then there was another time I had a gun. Um, to, uh, that's a much longer. I don't even want to get into that. There was just there's times think that, that I like, see like I part of it is like where you are, like w- the situation you're in. Like, were you were you um, at the King of Prussia Mall when somebody put a gun in your stomach? Or I were was you in, in like- a upscale um, apartment complex in Center City, Philadelphia. Upscale, mm-hmm. not for like poor like. It was like, I don't want to say for poor people, but really for poor people. Cause yeah. I'd expect that in a poor area because it's where yeah. more crime is. Mm-hmm. It was not in that kind of area. And the other one, I was just riding a motorcycle down the road and some guy who had a gun, drugs and a stolen car, got in an accident, two cars in front of me. And next thing I know, he's trying to run into me and is pinning my, my leg between the front of his car and my motor. And it's just burning the skin off my leg. Brutal. And next thing I know, like a gun is out and like all this crazy stuff. So like, you just never know when a situation is going to rise. Like I was just driving home from work yeah. with groceries or driving from work to a grocery store to home with a backpack full of like food. Like I wasn't in a bad area. wasn't trying to get in trouble. And that happened. 
It's like you just never know. And then you think like movie theaters, yeah. shootings. Like just I don't know what situation somebody wants to turn into like something that's going to make them famous. Yeah. So like places like church, you know, I, I'm more conscious of that. Or like movie theaters, places where my back is turned. I think it's because I've seen it and experienced it. And I'm a little bit more nervous. Like mm-hmm. being in Philly definitely changed my mind. I've watched people get shot, you know, up my street and guns just blowing down my, down my street while someone Crazy. gets hit in the thigh and is limping and bleeding out. And like, there's a lot of violence. Um, like, I think I've talked about this on here. Once I was out smoking a cigarette outside of this, this girl's house mm-hmm. and there was a block party going on in one of the side streets, like three houses down from me. Yeah. And some car pulls up, and I just see his hand go out the window, and I froze because he's holding and just starts unloading into this block party. And I just was like, oh, my God. I drop down to the ground, and I'm hiding between the parked cars on this little side street, or on this, uh, on this little Philly street. And I'll never forget the moment when he drove past. He slowed down and looked at me and kept driving. I was like, I could have died. Right yeah, there. I could have like, literally shot you. I've just seen enough evil to know that like I can't control other people, so... If I'm carrying a gun or I'm, you know, pro-gun, it's because I want the option, if it's yeah. needed, to go to that length, to to meet an equal level of an aggressor. Mm. But I don't necessarily think that that would be anywhere near the first thing I would reach for. Right. Anywhere near. Yeah. Well, one of the things that was different about California, speaking of, like, owning guns, was, like, to buy rounds you actually had to like give a lot of information like i had to use my passport to buy like nine millimeter rounds right um but i also have to give my ethnicity and like sign and give my fingerprints oh really yeah i guess the the thing that boils down to all this is i've never heard of a gun maybe i'm wrong i've never heard of any of these mass shooters that have registered registered yeah. bought the guns in this way like they all no. just went to somebody else who did it and stole the gun or they yeah. went and bought it on the street like buying a gun on the streets not not hard i did it i bought one years ago i had my little burner um not proud of it it was wrong um as like a law-abiding gun owner now like i'm yeah. ashamed of that but i also know what the process of doing that was and mm-hmm. it was just having the money yeah very easy yeah i mean they talk about it's the like, ghost guns and stuff. It's like, I mean, what about those guns, right? Like, I mean, what is that really? Like, it's just, uh, I don't, th- I'm not like worried about that. Like, nobody's done that I know of any mm-hmm. mass shootings with ghost guns, right? Like, yeah, I mean, your your point is like, what what they're mandating or trying to regulate is not me. Oh, and you're it's, saying they can get around it with that? You're saying people, yeah. I mean, people are getting around it, right? Like, I'm I'm like used to living here, right? Where it's like I walk in and I could buy stuff like off the shelf, and like it's not a big deal. Like, mm-hmm. I, I came home in uh, June and like went to Target Master and like got five five six off the shelf and like whatever. It's like not a big deal. And then I fly back to California and it's like, you know, guys like. Would you say you are white? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, hey, you need to write that you're white, like on the receipt, and like, I need your thumbprint. And I would be like, is this for real? Like, this is so strange to me, surreal. Like, all I'm doing is buying this. Like, I've already registered the firearm. Like, all of this stuff, I followed all the rules. But it's like every single move that you make related to it, they want like visibility to. So, it's a lot. It feels a lot different. Like. I don't know. I don't know if it will continue to like 
spread that way. There was like a bunch of stuff going on with like the circuit court that they're in out there and like Hawaii and stuff where I think that they were going to get rid of some of it, but who knows? Constitutional carry is now kind of sweeping the nation. I think half the states have it. Really? To where the Constitution says you can have a gun. You do not need to now register to get a carry permit. You can yeah. get your carry permit by living in the state, hmm. which should be in the whole country. That was one of the things that Trump promised that really, like, he, I feel like he fell short on. Because he went from that to, like, then talking about, like, really restrictive gun laws. Hmm. Um, things that just were way overreaching for the government, in my opinion. Like the, uh, I forget the term, it's like the red, oh, uh, what is it? It's like, basically if somebody is deemed insane or dangerous, like a family yeah. member can call. I mean, but that's, that's just opening up a can of worms. Like anybody can make a call and then, like if somebody thought I was arguing with Jenny and called, like a neighbor called and said, hey, I think that guy's unstable, I know he owns guns. Just on his call alone, huh. it's it's not 100%, but it's possible that in those areas that do this, that somebody could come and say, well, you know, you have been deemed unsafe to own these at this time. We're going to take them until we feel you're safe to own them. That's just wow. bizarre. You think about all the family arguments somebody can have, that a quick phone call could just yeah. get back at somebody. I, just, I don't know. I just think it's all about selling a fear and then putting a law in a book that helps people feel yeah. good about fighting that fear. And it's like, it's so just off of the point like so much of it is far from reality and like it's just it's not helping the point of that they're trying to fix and we're not seeing less gun violence yeah. we're seeing more i mean mike's famous for saying this but there's that quote never waste a crisis mm-hmm. right like yeah i don't know emergency powers and all this stuff it's like all the same thing it's like what can yeah. we what can we squeeze in while we have this i think newsom still might have like emergency use authorization for like I mean, it's not actually that. It's not emergency use authorization, but executive privileges or whatever they are that come for an emergency. Like, I think he's still operating under those. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, and they, and they like, voted against it multiple times, and, like, he lost. I mean, the recall election was, like, a crazy experience to be for. Therefore, I am... Um, I can't believe that happened. I went and dropped my ballot off at a ballot box, and, like, it had already been called. Like, I didn't even put it in the thing yet. And it was already like, they're already like, it's over. It was crazy. I, I don't know like enough about that stuff to have like a theory. I haven't watched 200 mules or whatever it is. Like, um, it's a mess, but yeah, it's interesting. Like it, it has been like a, it was an eye opening experience being there because I think in, in Pennsylvania, like you've got such a different experience. We, we talk about this now, like Pennsylvania is a really parochial place. Like, people kind of live here their whole life. They don't leave. A lot of them don't leave. They don't really look for friends. They don't really need friends because their family's here or they grew up with their friends and it's the same people, like, for their whole life. Mm -hmm. And if you look at, like, migration patterns on things like... Sorry, my dog is going crazy. Oh, that's good. Probably rabbit. (laughs) Um, The migration patterns for people that, like, are from Pennsylvania are, like, from Philadelphia area to State College and then back. Like, that's the migration pattern. And we just kind of ended up, like, with a different perspective of, like, the way that things happen. I don't know. We, we kind of have this, like, I don't know if it's an insular view, but California is, like, the complete opposite. It's, like, you're there and you're, like, everything seems crazy. Like, the state's on fire, for one. Like, literally on fire. Like, ash on my car. Like, I can't see out the windows of the house. So crazy. And, like, that's a normal way that they live. 
like happens like every couple of years. And like the politicians are all like, like this, like it's been the same family that have been governors and like high ranking officials in California for like decades. I always assumed it was because of the beautiful weather. The weather's amazing. Like the, that's the thing. I think a lot of people, when we, we got home, they'd be like, oh, I'm sure you feel so great about being back. You know, like you're probably so happy. <laughs> and we'd be like, I don't know, like kind of liked it. Like we love California. Like we love our friends there. Um, we had a, we, we went to a cool church. Um, I really love my job. We had like a ton of really cool things to do. We would go to Santa Cruz like every weekend. We lived like 25 minutes from Santa Cruz. We would go to Capitola beach and like get pizza and like kids would play at the beach all day. It was awesome. How was the pizza out there? Uh, pizza. My heart is good. That's a good place if you're in California, but for the most part, subpar. Like, they don't do a lot of those type of things well. Mm-hmm. Some food's pretty good. Asian food's amazing. Like, I really Mexican. got into Vietnamese yeah. um, there. Like, pho's good. Banh mi's are good. Dude, I love banh mi's. Yeah. Oh, so good. Really good food. Yeah. I, I just, like, man, it's a hard thing to unpack, but... I loved our experience in California, even though it had like so many weird, like, you know, the election, um, COVID, like the fires, like all that stuff Dude, happening. You were there at a crazy time. That's so yeah. weird that it was that little bubble that you were there. My friend Ed's so always much. like, "Dude, you moved here at the worst time <laughs> ever in California." Like, it, he's like, "Don't feel like, don't feel like this is what it is because it's never been this bad." Yeah, yeah. and I'm like, "Yeah, I mean, fair enough." Um, it's funny. You, people need to remember, like, there are more registered Republicans in California than any other state. More. Why? Because it's the biggest state. Yeah. So many people live there. And the thing that I realized was, like, most people, regardless of, like, their political stripes, really just want to live, like, their life. Mm-hmm. Like, those people I was telling you about that in the coffee shop, like, I they weren't, like, peddling like a political ideology to me they were just like trying to run their business you know and they're like really warm and like kind to my family and i think a lot of people were that way i think that's most of the country yeah it's just these polarizing people that we see on you know going viral on instagram or whatever social media or the politics and the news it's like it makes these issues so big and then you go to talk to somebody on the street it's like yeah very level yeah yeah that's my experience too like I, i we loved it and I mean, we still talk about like going back, you know, like we wouldn't have, I think the biggest problem, and this is a problem for most people that live there is like to, to live there and buy a house and like build in that way is really hard. Financially? Really hard. Yeah. I mean, taxes are way worse than here. Um, the development we lived in houses were selling for 1300 a square foot. It was insane. We lived in a, 1700 1800 square foot house with like really small backyard and um the houses in our neighborhood were selling like all the time like three million you know and we just bought a house for like fractions of that here it's much bigger has problems but you know i think we'll be able to get it like fixed up and we'll still be like way under we had we had friends there who spent like you know almost a million dollars on their first house and it was like, you know, borderline, like not livable, you know? That's insane. Like, and you think about that, like 
on the salaries that we all make. Like it's just not feasible. So, you know, as a, and I have a great job, but we're a single income family. And you think about, you know, do you want to send your kids to private school? Like in California, probably if you, you probably do. Um, the schools are really good by like normal standards, but like for us, we probably would have done private mm-hmm. and, you know, you're looking at like an $8,000 mortgage in some cases. <laughs> That's insane. I, can't, I don't know how people do I it. I can't fathom that. Yeah. We, the crazy thing is like, you can't even buy and rent those homes. We, we had a neighbor, um, the house we lived in, we paid like 30, 3,300 a month, I think, to rent the house, which was a really good deal. Um, and it was South San Jose. I just can't find yeah. that being a really good deal. <laughs> it was a really good deal. And we were like 40 minutes from like where I worked, which was still like probably another 30 minutes from San Francisco. Like it was, we live pretty far south. Um, that price is like what you can rent for, but you can't even buy and like have a mortgage for that much anymore. Like that was because they bought that house in like the 70s. And they owe, like, nothing on it. Mm-hmm. We would get mail, and it would be like, hey, refinance your mortgage. Rates are low. Your current mortgage is like this. And it would be like, you know, 1200 bucks. And I would be like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> they're making, like, you know, they're making, like, That's 200% insane. on me or something. But, you know, those people got in early, and they got all of that equity. Our neighbor across the street, Jim, he was the original owner of his house. He was probably 80-something. And he bought for 22000 and his house now is probably worth like two million, something like that. And I would be like, dude, why do you live here? Like, can't you just yeah. sell this and leave? And he would be like, I can't. And I'd be like, what do you mean? And they had they did a thing where properties properties gained so much equity in California so fast that like they had to give people a tax break because they couldn't pay the tax on what the house was worth anymore. Oh, so they yeah. kind of got like locked in and if Jim was to sell his house, he would owe more money in taxes than he would make in like profit. Wow. But if he dies and it passes to his kids, they can sell it. It's like there's so many weird things like that going on where it's just like you're like, I don't think this is a place where we can live for that long. Like unless we're going to rent or I'm going to make like millions of dollars, which I don't. You know, you're like, I just don't. No, I don't know how that works, you know? How was it buying a house? So you bought a house out here. Yeah. You bought at like the height, right? Or close to? We got, I mean... I, I guess it's leveling a little bit now or no? No, I mean, rates are going up. The rates are like averaging 5% now. I wasn't even talking about just the rates, but that that too. I was thinking more of like just the price of homes. Like I remember we yeah. bought this house, I was telling you like almost three years ago, and I came... Like an hour after it hit the market, I didn't even know. Jenny just texted it to me. I was like, "I'll go check it out. It's you know gonna be uh, they're doing like a, a walkthrough in like an hour." So I came down here at like eight a.m. and there was already like people getting in early. Oh wow! We put in a bid that day, yeah, and we had to do like an elevating bid where like it was almost like an eBay thing. Like, I don't know what the actual term would be, but we we bid the asking price and yeah. then we're willing to go up x amount of thousands above oh, like so that the, if somebody yeah. outbid us, they would not have to contact us. It would automatically move our bid up $500 above theirs. And it would just kept happening. 
I was annoyed because this one person really pushed it and kept going and then quit. And I was like, well, why'd you, know, you do that? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but we still got it at a good price. And now I'm looking and it's like, yeah, I think it's like three years. It's like almost, almost like 70 or 80,000 more than what wow. we bought it for. I mean, it's like insane what the markets have done. Like, and we have the place in Philly that skyrocketed. I'm yeah. like, I want to sell, but I'm like, where would I, where'd I go? Cause everything's yeah. so high. But anyway, that's why I was asking like, it's the price of things seems to have been yeah, just blown out of proportion. Well, yeah, I mean, housing in general, like across the United States is just super hot. Like somebody was saying at work the other day, they have an aunt who is an agent in Indiana. And she said like, things just went up like another 40%. Like, and you're like, in that's Indiana? So like, of all places, like, who even wants, what is even there? I, I don't even know. that's where Glenn has bought a few houses. I don't know. I think it's in Indiana. There's, like, this ratio of, like, how much a house is worth versus what you can rent it for. And yeah. the gold, there's, like, this golden level that you want to hit, and it's actually only $200 more than the mortgage. And that's considered, like, the gold um, ratio. And apparently in Indiana, there was, like, a big hotspot of houses that were in that gold standard. Wow. And a lot of wealthy people or investors, people just, you know, are buying, yeah. buying up homes, were buying in Indiana, and Glenn got a few very mm. cheap homes um, that he's been successful on. Nice. Well, yeah, I guess as far as, like, how we did, you know, it's interesting. I guess we came back, and, like, houses are expensive here, too. I mean, we're, we're not rich, like in that sense where we're just like, like, you know, we're just going to buy like whatever we want. We were actually thinking we'd probably move to like Downingtown or something. Cause you can just get like more for your money out there. And we looked at some houses in this area and we were like, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I can justify like spending this amount of money and getting a house in this condition, you know? And, uh, we were pretty seriously considering like, okay, like we'll just go West, you know, like we'll just move out that way, like whatever. And, I was kind of sad because I've been going to Broad Street CrossFit and uh, I really like the guys over there. I really like Dakota, the owner. I think he's great. And I like want to support them. And it's kind of like sad. I'm like, you know, this is like the only community I have here right now. And I'm going to like break off of that and like move out to this other place where I know no one. I'm far from family. Like it's kind of inconvenient. And I was praying about it. And I feel like the Lord was kind of just like, Oh, no, I'm not sending you there, you know? And then, like, this, it's a wild story, but the the way that it played out was, like, my dad has a client who had a house, but it was being sold as is, and, you know, they told us the number, and we were like, we could do that. And we went and saw it, and it was, like, it's it was raunchy, dude. Like, a lot going on. Um, But, I don't know, we were kind of like, well, Lord, like, if this is what you have, like, you know, don't block it or like, you know, block it if it's not. And it kind of went, it went through. So we moved in on Friday and it's been a, it's been an adventure. Like everybody's been sick, had the bees. Uh, the roof needs to be redone, needs gutters, needs siding, needs like everything, but it's in a great spot. It's uh, I think that's the most important too. And like all the things you mentioned, yeah, they're expensive, but it's like, it's things that have to be done anyway. Sure. And it's at that time. So like, I think you're investing, like if I was spending money on those things, like we had to put a roof on here, like 60 days after we moved in, which we were not told until after we moved in. 
Brutal. They sent some guy, didn't tell us, he was on our roof taking photos, and I got the photos emailed to me. And I was like, Whoa. when was this guy allowed on my property? Yeah. Like, he didn't call? Like, what if, you know? Um, And they were like, yeah, we're going to drop you if you don't put a new roof on. I had to Your fight. insurance yes. or the mortgage? Yeah, oh, and I wow. called other insurance companies, and they said that they would do the same thing. Like, wow. it was, I was, or I forget exactly, I, I was calling around and trying to find it. It seemed like we were stuck. Yeah. And so... Anyway, we had to put that on, but I was as upset as I was about it. Um, I was like, "Well, houses need new roofs. I'm putting that money in. It's kind of like I'm putting equity into the home. Like, yeah, you, you know, it's different when you own things like that. Like if yeah. you had to fix things like that weren't normal, like you know, sure. things inside that were just done wrong. I think that'd be a lot worse. A little harder of a pill to swallow, maybe. Yeah, we had some weird stuff. Like there were no junction boxes in the house. Like everything was just air spliced together, and so we had like we had an so electrician. Like the old school way. No, just like shoddy home. Interesting expert stuff. Yeah. Um. So we had like an electrician in who redid all of the electric. That was good. And uh, we got a bathroom redone before we moved in because the one, <laughs> the one that the one that the kids were going to be using. Um, it had flooded in the past. So like some of the tile was like had popped up. So they just put like concrete in it. And then some of the tile had like fallen out of the shower, but they were using the holes where the tile was to like store things. Yeah. So they would keep like the loofah yeah. in there and stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know, we were just looking at each other like, we're going to like give our kids a bath in this bathtub. Like, you know, so it was a lot of like, all right, just justify the spending. Like, yeah. you know, we, I mean, you have to do it. You kind of want to like always keep that like blanket of money and be like, if something goes wrong, like we'll be okay. Yeah. And then you like move into a house and you're like, I mean, what are you going to do? Like you just got to spend the money, right? Yeah. Like there's not a lot of options. So yeah, our blanket disappeared with the roof right. immediately. Yeah. Gone. Yeah. So we're, we're like, we're, we're in that phase now, which is great. Like with the economy completely declining, feels good. But at the same time, I do think like if there's any way to be putting your money right now, something that's resilient, it's property and houses. Mm. So, you know, stock market's complete bear. Crypto's a complete bear. Like, what are you gonna do? Buy art? Yeah. Well, now Just with Ben Shapiro, you can you can buy art with other people. Oh my you, gosh! Have you heard that ad? No, I haven't. So like, it's a company that buys fine art, and you can buy stock in that company. Is it a uh, Masterworks? I don't know. It's all right. I don't need to know. I don't remember. When he talks about it, I just, I don't know. I, I just zone out on any ad. I yeah. just, I remember hearing that little bit. The the thing that they used to do ads for, I haven't listened in a while, but they did that like self-portrait thing or like yes. you said, I really want to do that for my wife. Yeah. I want to get them to like paint a portrait of her and then I don't know, like give it to her. Have you, do you remember that episode I, I of Curve awesome. where Larry gets uh, Susie the portrait of herself? Yeah, I forget what. What was going on though? I forget what the whole shtick of the episode was. Yeah, it's but a yeah. classic one. I forget some of that too, but I do recall like she loves it. You mm-hmm. know, if something happens to it. I think in the end, but I keep thinking like my wife would love that. I should I totally like, give her like a portrait of herself. That's awesome. She would be like, "This is so weird, but so cool." <laughs> I was in the, somebody's house today, and they had the one with the dog. Yeah, like, dressed up as like some yep. figure from back in the day. Yeah, um, like it was like a general. These things are so funny that um, it's interesting that it's like actual artists. I like that. So like the one thing that I thought was interesting though about it was that if you don't like it, there's like a guarantee. 
Uh, so I was like, I don't know. I was just thinking like, how weird is that? Like to tell somebody who spent like the amount of time it must take to do that. Like, it's not like something you just print out. Like, sure. Somebody's creating that. And yeah. then to, to be like, yeah, I'm not into this. And like, send that back. Like, I wonder what that's like on the, on the back end, like what you're not seeing. They're like, here's the thing. I just don't think you did a good job. Yeah. Like, how do you like, say that? <laughs> yeah. I was wondering if it goes back to the artists themselves or the company and the company is just like, burn it. If you get yeah. enough like that, then like we, you know, disconnect you from our, you know, this program. Right. Yeah. Like it's allowing you to make money. You're not allowed to sell lead, send leads anymore. Yeah. That's interesting. I was wondering how that worked. I don't know. Cause what if you get somebody that's new and it's like their first one and then you get some weird, well, the self-portraits okay. touch you, too, because it's like probably most people won't like it, right? Don't you think? Like, you're going to be like, ugh, like, do I really look like that or something? Like, you'd be disappointed in how it came out. Maybe. I mean, well, if you get, would you do like, um, would you have them do like a picture that you like already to like recreate that? Because if she mm. likes that picture already, yeah, girls are easy with that. You can just find pictures that they posted. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, well, she likes this photo. Be she like, this should be it. a safe one. Yeah. It's a good point. I don't know. I got to think about that one again. If you picked a random one, That's... I would say be prepared to go sleep somewhere else. Yeah. Or enjoy the couch for a night. That's a gift idea that's deep in my bag if I need I it. I like that. But yeah, I'm, I haven't used it yet. It's it's out there though. That's a good one. Could be a surprise. Yeah. I, I wanted to do it for the family. I think they're cool. That would be cool. Yeah. We don't, we haven't done like, I don't think a family portrait is something that I would, I'm not huge on pictures generally. Like, like taking pictures for like everything, like every event, like every Easter, everybody like line up and take a picture, like that kind of thing. I'm like, cool, yeah, like whatever. But my family didn't do pictures. Like we just never did them. So we have like, you know, there were never pictures in the house of like all of us like doing stuff or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I acknowledge like other people have the opposite experience, right? Like pictures everywhere of everything. And... I just got to get on board with it. I think it's fine. So like with the Meredith family, we always do like, like once a year we'll do something and it's nice to look back on that and see the family growing. I love yeah. that. Um, but I guess I didn't grow up with that. I grew up more so with just pictures in general. Like when I was a real little baby, like my family had professional photographers come over and set up things oh, wow. like in the living room and like they wanted to take me to New York to be like this baby yeah, model. Yeah, yeah. I'm like I'm looking at these photos of myself. I'm like, this is so terrible. Weird. Yeah, just not into it. Um, we went to Sears. But... We did the Sears thing. They they did like this. I remember. Oh yeah, I remember what you told. Yeah, they had yeah. like the different setups and sceneries and like toys that you could be set up with. And... It was legit. Like, car. It was like a carpet like thing. Yeah. Like a carpet backdrop, and then just like take pictures of people in front of it. Yep. Like. Everybody had those pictures. I don't know what that was called, but I know it was at Sears. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. We had the same thing. Um, nowadays, though, like Jenny will have, yeah. you know, a friend that, you know, we know that does photos come over like every couple of years and we'll just, I mean, I was like literally wearing a Harley t-shirt and the last one with like a gold chain. Like we were just goofing go. around in the yard and there was a couple of fun photos. And that's like what we have in the little um, photos in the kitchen. Yeah. I like that more for like, doing regularly like every couple of years but i do like the family ones i like them both but yeah. looking at myself in like these other photos i always you know pick it apart right for myself with these other ones it's like very casual seems more real yeah well i like candid like i would prefer candid stuff but 
Yeah. When we were in California, we would always be like trying to take pictures of ourselves because we were like alone for everything, you know, like nobody's around. It's a holiday. We like, you know, for a while we didn't really know anybody until we started going to a different church. So it was like, it was this unique thing of like, it's Easter and we like, you know, put the iPhone up like on the windowsill and like all of us try and take a picture and then it's like, all right. Great, like everybody Done. go back inside. <laughs> I never think of it, by the way. I enjoy. Yeah. I'm like grateful that Jenny does it, mm-hmm. but I would never be. You'd never the person take the to initiative. initiative. Never. Yeah. Nope. Neither would I. Maybe if my dog, I would take a photo of my dog. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's about it. That's no, funny. I mean, I appreciate them looking back. Like I'm definitely somebody that goes through my photos and watches like the little videos, memory videos that iPhone makes, and I watch. I do. I watch them all the time. Oh, Just that's watching cool. the kids grow. Sometimes it bums me out, dude. Like, I heard Jordan yeah. Peterson say, I don't know how real it is, but Jordan Peterson was like, you get kids for four years. And I was like, wait, my son's four. He's like, there's something, there's a line that's crossed where they go from children to like this independent being that starts to grow. <laughs> he's like this, it's somewhere around four or five, he said. He's like, so that's like a very small window. And sure, you can have more kids, but with each kid, you get that small window before you lose that innocence, and they start growing into and developing into like this adult. You know these changes. Yeah, he's so like. I feel like conservative people like him for some reasons, but for other reasons, he's like so out there. Oh, he's definitely out there, like a lot of things. But I wasn't taking it so to heart, but it made me just really think. Like the other night when I heard him say that, I was like, you know, this time really has flown by. Like these beautiful moments like when harley's just like screaming daddy yeah. i love you like I i'm know. sure you get that with your kids yeah, yeah. like or thatcher just like you know running into you know when i come home from work and it's daddy and like the mm-hmm. hug in my leg and dragging on my legs as i'm walking like i really love that i actually yeah. don't but i love it um the fact that that's not going to be forever really bums me out i'm like yeah. do i want more kids it does make you think like oh man i should have more i should have more there was a guy i worked with in the past and I remember him telling me, like, I went into his office, and he like he had a daughter, and they, like, golfed together. That was, like, their thing. I think she was in high school. And he was like, you know, we always wanted to have more kids. We just, like, I think we were just were busy, and we, like, didn't, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was, like, this weird thing where, like, I realized, like, he, like, he really did want to have more kids, and he has, like you know, this great, like, relationship with his daughter, but, like, they just got too busy, and they just, like, missed it. Yeah, it's sad. You know? And in hindsight, he was just like, we just wanted to, but we just didn't. You're like, what? If you want to, you should do it. You know? Like, I I think uh, we capitulate, like, between should we have more or should we adopt? Like, adoption feels like something that we should be doing more of, you know? That's what I would rather do. I yeah. very heavily like if if the opportunity was here today I would jump on it. Yeah. I I I know it's like a difficult path, but yeah. I don't know if there's something more Christ-like that you can do, right? Like welcoming somebody into your family. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a unique way to like I mean expand. someone did it for me at 15 years old, like yeah. I, which is crazy. Uh I think that's why my heart is so there. It's just like, I just know what that did for me. It changed my life. It changed the whole course of my, my actual like blood family too. Like it, yeah. my relationship with them, where my future is now heading. Like it's just, it changed everything Yeah, because somebody was just 
willing to do that for me. Uh, and I want that same experience for somebody else, like really badly. So, I mean, if, if God wants it, God will put it on both of our hearts and it'll yeah. happen. There, there's, Jenny has like legitimate concerns about, I'm not going to, you know, spread it on here, but sure. just some legitimate concerns where I was like, oh, I never thought about that stuff. Like it doesn't change my mind, but I just didn't think about these things. Um, so I don't know. I don't know where, where God's going to bring us in that, but I, I would love it. I would yeah. love it. The only thing I was saying to Jenny is like, you know, I just don't want Thatcher to be knocked out of the oldest. Right. I feel like that would be a big deal for a kid. Yeah. It would, you know, change what I feel like very traditionally I would say he was promised. Like Right, yeah. As the the blessing. Yeah. Like yeah, I don't know. I know no, we don't I've live like that anymore, thought. but I do feel like there is something very special about Thatcher that nobody's ever gonna have. Yeah. If we had thirty kids, Thatcher's gonna have something different. I've always thought if we did it you'd have to do a younger one because then I think your kids feel like it's, they were part of it. Mm. Right. Like, you know, if it's a baby or something like that, like, you know, my daughter could like help her grow up. Right. Like Mm. my son would always be like a big brother. Right. And I think that that makes them feel like they have ownership of it versus the alternate, which is like, you know, you put somebody above them and then they're kind of like, Oh, like who is this person? Like, how am I supposed to engage with them? Like, is there, like, some sort of power structure here or something like that? That's, like, a whole other thing. Um, maybe God designed it the way that it works, like, on purpose, right? Like, yeah. like everything else, like, they come later. But, yeah, I don't know. We think about that a lot. I think right now we feel overwhelmed with, like, just the two we have and, like, everything. But, yeah, I don't want to end up in that boat of, like, we always wanted to. We just didn't. You know, that's, I guess that's what, yeah, that's what I think about. Like, I, when the kids are grown or when they're not, you know, when they're teenagers and yelling back, am I going to really wish that we had had at least one more? Yeah. I don't know. But then again, is there ever enough to where I wouldn't feel that? I think it's something, it's a process of life. Like, you're going to have to go through a loss of of this period. Because yeah. right now, this period is really special for us. For you know? sure. And it's just a different time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> Bree was telling me, like, if I talked about this, be careful. But it's funny. We, like, we moved so much since Rowan was born. Like, and it's not necessarily like we moved, like, state to state or something like that. But we've, like, lived under so many different roofs. I did the math the other day, and it's, like, we've lived in, like, eight different places since he was born. He's going to be five. So, like, you know, that's, like, you know, temporary housing and, like, living in my parents temporarily and, like, moving across the country and then living in their house again, like, all this stuff. But we've had, like, so much transition in that short period of time that he's been with us, you know. But I was also thinking, like, we've done so many things together already that, like, I feel like most people probably wouldn't have done by four, right? Like, he's been to Hawaii, like... Hmm. You know, like he's flown across the country like multiple times. He's uh, he's thrown up all over airplanes. Like, <laughs> oh, no. you know what I mean? Like he's, but he's done like a lot of stuff, and we've got a lot of experiences together. You know, and I don't think I would trade any of it. Like it's even though it was hard to do. Like I think that I think we probably developed like a really strong core by like experiencing a bunch of that type of stuff, right? Like. Mm-hmm it just being us and like not having a ton of like friends and family around us for a while. Like that was, that's something that probably like knits us together. Oh, I think. And yeah, I mean, 
It's funny. I, I think we'll get to a point where this will feel like home again for them. But I still think that for them, that they're like caught off guard a little bit by it some days because they've known this other life so much of like, we live in this place and we know these people and these are the stores we go to and this is where mm-hmm. I go for church and like all this stuff. Um, but it's something special that like we've got, it's like a two year memory. They'll probably forget it, you know? Yeah. Kids definitely adapt the things. So much of the things I think we worry about for the kids, the kids are just not phased by. Don't care. Yeah. 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 I'm actually super impressed by his resiliency. My son, like moving around and the change. Yeah. That and like so much annoying stuff has happened to him, right? Like he's, he has to wear glasses. He can't see without them. Um, that's been since he was two. Uh, we moved all around for sure. Um, just embarrassing stuff, right? Like throwing up on an airplane, like as a kid, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, or like, you know, he started school like midway through and he's like behind everybody else and stuff. But like his spirits never really get low. Like his spirits are always pretty high. He doesn't get frustrated or like discouraged, you know? And it's funny, like when I'm, when I like, when I get frustrated with him, no, it's cool. When I get frustrated with him and I'm like impatient or something, then I start being like, oh my gosh, I'm like the one thing in his life that probably can drag him down, you know? (laughs) I need to get myself like figured out. I don't want to be like the, I don't want to be like the thing that ends up breaking that for him, right? But yeah, I, I would say like, so many people discouraged us from doing the California thing because of the kids and all that stuff. And they said it would be brutal on our marriage and like, there'd be all these reasons not to do it. But like in hindsight, I I really do think like it was, it all was very beneficial, you know? I think people are afraid of things that are hard. I mean, what you're describing For are sure. real things. Like, it's, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think of all the things I have, like from my childhood that I look back on, I'm sure you have the same thing. Like mm. these terrible, embarrassing moments that like defined us. Or yeah. like, you know, we look back on how we reacted and we're not satisfied to this day that we didn't react differently. But right. um, yeah, I think it's, I mean, it's all part of it. I mean, he might not even remember most of that stuff, but I no. think, I think we're meant to have those moments to look back on right. to like then help us in the future. And I feel like uh, the experience you're describing definitely creates somebody stronger. Yeah. You know, that change and that adaptability is like not something that most kids experience. I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Especially that you guys were so close. If it was like a, a different thing where like it was different parents or different people he had to look up for, the fact that he had like that close knit, you yeah. know, mom and, mm-hmm. you know, sibling, I think that that makes it a much healthier environment to experience those things in because yeah. it is that foundation that is unchanging. We'll see. I guess you don't really know until they grow up. Yeah. And we'll I moved see. a lot as a kid. Yeah. Like I I couldn't even begin to tell you how many places I lived. He keeps being like, let's not sell this house. <laughs> He's like, we're going to be here for like forever, right? I'm like, I I mean, I don't know. I was like, what if we move to the beach? Yeah. And he's like, well, maybe. Thatcher I told think me, about that. Thatcher tells me he never wants to leave. I'm like, well, buddy, I'm like, you're, you're going to leave at one point. And he's like, yeah. I don't want to. He got so upset. And I was like, well, buddy, listen, at the time that you leave this house yeah. or leave and you don't live with mommy and daddy, you're going to want to not live with mommy and daddy. So it won't be a scary thing. He's like, well, who am I going to live with? I was like, I don't know. Who do you want to live with? He's like, he starts naming his cousins. And he's like, 
building up a pretty rad house. I'm like, this actually would be pretty cool. I'd support this. That's funny. Um, but it's just interesting, man. Like just the way their minds think, like it's, if there's something so innocent, like yeah, the whole idea of like protect these innocent ones at all costs, like is, is really a real thing. Oh, like, for sure. We cannot lose sight on. Yeah. Yeah. I like, think jealous of it. Almost the innocence. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that that's the main thing that like, coming for the kids and like scaring people about their kids well-being is the thing that i think is really going to be like the that's like the knife's edge right Mm. like brie and i were talking about this earlier today because we've been debating like you know what do we want to do for education like she's had ambitions to try homeschool um we've talked about public school and I think she's like, you know, maybe we should do public school. Like, maybe that's something that we're called to do. Like, we should pray about it, you know. And I'm like, yeah, for sure. We should. We could definitely pray about it. And I'm like, but at the same time, like, I'd kind of like them to have, like, some years while they're young to, like, have something stable and, like, an environment where, like, they're not being, like, pushed to think about these things that yeah. they totally aren't thinking about already. And, like start to like plant all these different seeds in their minds that are going to grow into something, right? Like give Mm -hmm. them the opportunity to be innocent. Like you're saying, like give them the opportunity to like see life without like the lenses everybody wants to put on their eyes. Yeah. Um, That foundation is really important. Yeah. Yeah. You want as much to do with that foundation and pouring it than, you know, a lot more than anybody else. Yeah. But I do think there is a degree where if you're going to send your kids to public school, it needs to happen earlier than like high school. I remember I had just gotten out of a uh, juvenile detention center and I'm, I go back to school and there's this new girl and she was just fascinated with the fact that I was in juvie. And oh, I'm like, geez. And I'm looking at her. I'm like, so who are you? Like, you weren't here when I, you know, left. And she's, you know, she's obviously a new girl. I'm like, where'd you move yeah. from? She's like, oh, I've always been here. And she's wearing like this Jesus fish shirt. And every day oh, she's like wearing these Jesus shirts. And like looking back, like this girl... Like, I understand who she is, and I, like, I, I almost, like, wish I could go meet her now and just be like, I'm sorry, I was such a jerk. But Ugh. the harsh reality that she was faced with from, like, being completely, like, the homeschool, like, the epitome of what you'd expect homeschool, not really what it has to be or is for a lot of people, but, like, that homeschool kid that you picture, that was her, and then thrown into high school. Man, like, I I just feel for that girl. I don't know if she made it, like, through all of high school. <laughs> she was just like, this isn't for me. I want to go back oh, home. No. But I just watched, like, over the course of, like, those next few months before summer hit, I just watched her spirit just die. Wow. And it was just, she was a very different person by the end. And I was like, man, like, I've thought back on her a lot in thinking about when do you make that transition? Or do you ever have to? Like, I don't know. Uh, I don't like public school. More so now than ever before. No, I'm not a fan of public school either. I think... I think that there are some people who maybe it's a good fit for others. It's not. I mean, I was homeschooled most of my education, but I think the big difference for me was like, I always was, I always had jobs, you know, like I was never cut off from like other people or like people who didn't think like me. Like I had jobs my whole life. I was always working. It's like you're always sociable. Always sociable with people like that. I didn't go to church with and stuff like that. So it was. It wasn't like culture shock to me. And the last couple years of high school, I went to Votech, and 
those are like all the worst kids, right? Like that's basically like they just send them there. They're like, maybe this kid can use a hammer. Like mm-hmm. they treat you like you're an idiot. Yeah, I went to the tech. Right. Yeah. So I went there for two years and like did fine. Like I, I didn't know what was going on half of the time is a big part of it. Mm. Um, but like made friends there, was fine. Like came out the other side, went to college. I think that social aspect you're talking about is is a really important part. Yeah. You know, like there's like our um the Meredith's were all homeschooled. Right. They do not seem like homeschool kids. Like before I met them, I had a very different image of homeschools. Right. Uh homeschool kids. Like I didn't realize you were. Like I don't see you as that type of kid. And I think the social um just being around other people that aren't in that same scenario makes a big difference. Yeah. Like defining difference. Yeah, I mean the recipe seems kind of simple to me. Like, it's not. But, I mean, I worked at Wawa. Like, I I did, like, I was in all of these places where, like, I you couldn't really avoid, like, mm-hmm. you know, I think when you work on, like, a cash register, you have to learn how to talk to another person. Or, like, yeah. when you have coworkers who depend on you to get your job done, like, you find a way to do it. I worked 3 to 11. Like, I, it was weird, right? Like, a high school kid, like, working 3 to 11. But it was... It was like what I did and we had jobs doing other random stuff all the time. But I think that that kind of was like enough exposure in addition to whatever else I was doing probably. But that was like enough exposure to get me to a point where I could just do it. Like I wasn't totally afraid. I wasn't totally comfortable, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't totally afraid. And I mean, I think... The place that it probably slowed me down the most was, like, I was hesitant about stuff. Like, I was like, I don't know if, I like, really know what's going on here, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny. <laughs> like, the uh, there, there was this, like, moment where I was like, maybe I, like, would have been fine if I had done, like, the whole, like, high school thing. Like, I didn't need to do it this way. We were the prom queen at our high school like where I grew up, mm-hmm. um, I was like into her or whatever when I was young. And like at some point we ended up like texting and we were like hanging out and stuff. And I was like, I think that maybe I would have been okay, you know, but I had this thing built up in my mind. Like I can't, I'm not going to go there. It's probably going to be rough. Like I don't want to deal with it. The Votech thing's cool. It's like low pressure. Like it's fun, whatever. I'll get out of here and be done. But yeah, maybe it was different for us too. Like school seems like it's changed a lot. And people are like, did you talk to her after she was out of school? No. Oh, during. I was going to say, because people seem to change the second that last day of school hits. It's like you realize the world's very different. And it's like all the stuff yeah. that you cared about seems to drop off. No, it was during. for me. But I, I think it was, it was just kind of like a, I don't know. I guess as a kid going through that experience and like hearing like about, Oh, like high school's really messed up or like whatever. If you go, you might get bullied or like, you know, if you're a Christian and they're not going to like you, like all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, then I started to be like, I don't know if any of that was actually true. Like this is the only person that I really know that's cool. And it's the, like, it seems like people really liked her. Well, if she was the, <laughs> if she was the prom queen, I think she had a different experience than a lot of people. Yeah, probably true. Like my school, I hated, I mean, deeply, deeply hated schooling. Like it was the worst experience everywhere. And I moved over and over and over. And so I'm constantly like finding like one kid. I was always like this weird kid. Just, I was so sick of being 
trying to like re in not reinvent yeah. myself, like reintroduce myself and like hope that I'm oh, yeah. accepted mm-hmm. to where it got to be like, all right, who do I want to be? So like, all right, these last three places I was myself and got bullied like to a point where I was just, I hated myself and like suicidal as a kid until like, all right, I moved out here and now I'm befriending the bully and I find out yeah. it's a horrible home life. Now I understand like the other side of bullies and I'm being a bully with him. And then Ugh. like I did a, I was a bully at another school, like not, a bully, but I was, I would bully people that were lesser than me, like to try and keep myself from the bottom. I was yeah. so afraid of being the bullied kid. Yeah. And then I remember I ended up on two kill lists, like that were written Jeez. out. Yeah. And, um, like within the same year. And dude, it was like, what am I doing? Like, I made somebody so upset that they, they fantasized shooting the school and, and I was the top of the list. Wow. I was like, I didn't, I'm not looking back. I really wasn't that terrible, but what I did to that person was put them in a position that I was so afraid of being in because it was so terrible that I was, but I was willing to put them there to not be there. It's like, this is not the way. So I remember I went through two years like that and I just, I gave up on it and it was hard to fight that afterwards. Like people wow. didn't take me serious when I was trying to be nice. And then I would, then I went yeah. to, you know, being homeschooled, like, I just made, I just feel like I made the worst decision in every scenario in every school I went to. Uh-huh. It was like I was constantly trying to fix the last one in this new scenario and it just nothing fit. Wow. But I hated every bit of it. And I, I finally, at the end of high school, like of actually going, I was actually in night school, like, because I wasn't allowed in regular school for that's a whole other story. Nothing I even did. I didn't actually do anything wrong for that one. Something wrong was done to me. Oh, wow. Um, I was actually abused by a f- one of my best friends. Jeez. In a way that, like, broke me. Because like, I had... Man, I was just going totally off the rails. But <laughs> So, like, I had I had dealt with sexual abuse as a kid. Yeah. And never talked about it. Mm-hmm. And then I had a friend and me drink, and I fell asleep, and he sexually abused me in, like, a really weird... Anyway, it was very weird. And I woke up in the middle of it and froze. And I had, like, the craziest experience over the next few years, like, wondering, like, am I gay because I sat there or my body reacted to it? Am I, you know, this, am I gay, like, entered in for the first time in my life? And then, dude, it went so bad that, like, I feel like it was, um, I exploded. Like, every abuse that happened prior to that, I reacted towards him. Mm. But it wasn't, like, this one thing. It was, like, I'm so sick of being this victim. Yeah. Like, I wrote a sign saying what he did and sat out on a major... Um, highway like by my area and wow. I got picked up by the police because people were calling about this kid but I was just like I'm so sick of nobody knowing and nobody doing anything and then fast forward two months later I'm sitting in a courtroom and there's charges against me for slander <laughs> and all these different things I'm like I am now the aggressor and I've done wow. nothing so it was like I was just taught that like even further of like nobody's going to help you in fact the more you want to fight this the more we're going to actually you're going to be like the the aggressor anyway you're going to be more of a victim but not viewed as that way anyway i forget exactly where i was going with this but that was like my high school experience anyway like so and then i because of that kid i something happened oh with the charges with the slander i ended up not being allowed to go to regular high school i had to go to night school with the kids that were kicked out of school so i would get picked up at like three o'clock and go there for a few hours and then they those kids weren't great so yeah. it was like picking up different ways to abuse drugs with those kids and just introduced to so many things. Like I just, again, it was like whatever I did to try and fix something always brought me into a worse place. Did you have community outside of school? Like who, who were your, 
or was it just like home was tough, like school was tough, there's nowhere else to go? I had a lot more support than I probably realized. Yeah. But I had been through so much that I didn't see it. Hmm. I just saw pain like everywhere. Yeah. Like my mom is not, I mean, you saw my mom leaving here. Like me and my mom have a great relationship. But like growing up, it was like very physically abusive. Like the bowling ball was thrown at me by her and shattered my knee. And then everybody left. And I was dragging myself through the house to call an ambulance. And it was just like crazy upbringing. Like watched my father beat my mother. Um, and I'm not, and again, I'm not trying to badmouth my father either. Like it was just mm-hmm. like a lot of ugly things I saw. And it was just never, I don't know. It was just never like a moment of not chaos. Yeah. And I, it's affected me now, like through my marriage, like it's a real problem. Like I'm definitely in the doghouse right now because I blew up over something that was so minuscule and I just said such hurtful things. And to me, it's like, once that's over, it's like, all right, you know, Hey, I'm sorry. And like, but that's not how Jenny was raised. So like when that stuff happens, yeah. It's a lot rarer now, but when it does happen, it's like, I don't know how to make that right. Because for me, it was like a moment that I blew up and I'm not thinking about it. But for her, it's like, she'll never forget things that were said. Yeah. I don't even know how I went down this totally random thing, but yeah, that, I guess we were talking about high school, right? But that's like. Yeah. Everyone has a different experience was your point. Yeah. So you were saying like. I mean, I didn't even have really a high school experience, but I'm like, I think I could have done it. Oh yeah. You were saying. Yeah. "Ah, Yeah. yeah. So you were saying. Yeah. Maybe that stuff doesn't exist. So, I mean, this is an extreme aspect of it. I saw people living all different high school lives. Sure. Mine was definitely an extreme and it's because, and I keep saying like I made bad decisions because I really believe that I was the factor in a lot of it. Um, but yeah, you just never know. Like kids are just evil sometimes and you never know what kid is going to get accepted or not and why is a mystery. Yeah. So I guess there's all different things. But then I also saw those prom queen girls who I always wanted to be friends with and the prom yeah. king guys that I always wanted to be friends with. And it's just like, that was just not in my cards. Yeah. And maybe if I had gone, it wouldn't have been in mine either. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. The homeschool thing wasn't like a huge, like I didn't have a ton of, decision-making power around that obviously we went to a christian school that i think i went for like a full year and they didn't teach any math or something (laughs) and my parents were like uh (laughs) what and then they like everybody started pulling their kids out or something so like that was that was how it started and then i think that it just kind of got to a point where it was like you know like i don't know we've been doing this for this long like do you go just back and just like finish? Like, what do you do? And, um, I think that's the way that it played out, but yeah, it's a, it's a good, I mean, it's a tough thing, man. I feel like, yeah. And then I, I always think right now, like being a kid in, in school with like everything going on, like you probably just want to be normal and you're hearing a lot of different stuff about like how you're, you're either like an aggressor or you're not, or like, uh, you know, like all the different stuff that's been going on. And you're just kind of like, I wonder how that affects like a young person, you know, like it can't affect them positively. And then to hear your experience, it's like some of these kids are already having like a rough enough experience. Like, do they actually need additional, um, I don't know concerns things to worry about yeah. right like do you need to be told like if you are this way you are this and if you're this way you're that like i'll tell you what like my kids they don't see anything they don't see race they don't see like any of that stuff like 
I think they honestly like don't know even like how to describe it. They just think of people as people. Yeah. Like, but it's gotten to be really tricky. I think to like exist in those ecosystems and not have like certain perspectives. We, there was a kid I met recently. He goes to one of the major colleges in Philly and he was telling me about like, you know, the homework that teachers give and stuff and like the books that they're supposed to read. And it's all like, you know, it leans like a very strong direction. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, what do you do? Like, do you, do you read the book and then like write a report that says like you disagree or do you like, just like agree with it so you get the grade and he was like oh yeah everybody just agrees with it to get the grade like he he was like i give like an entire speech on like something i completely disagree with just to get the grade it's so sad because like, what higher education is all supposed to be about debate. discovering and debate and challenging and now it's like no this is what it is and you, your idea of schooling is now acceptance yeah yeah it's, it's so interesting bizarre and he he would be like yeah i mean i've tried doing it the other way where I'm like, like he, I agree with this part, but I don't agree with this one, stuff like that. And, and he was like, I get a bad grade. I get like a C. And he said, but if I agree, I get like an A. Jenny had the similar experience and she's gone to nursing school. I remember yeah. one time she's just like, I'm going to do this report on COVID and like the actual numbers. And she went off the CDC and it's like all the stuff that's being reported was so just twisted. And she's like, I'm going to go off the people that died of COVID and this number was like so many zeros. It was like point zero 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 zero. Oh, the like, comorbidity oh. stuff. I was like, oh, like that's yeah. the people that are actually just dying of this, like, like that are out of the norm. I was like, Jen, like you can't, you can't throw this in. <laughs> she actually got a decent grade on it. I oh, really? remember maybe she got a good grade, but it was the only time she felt comfortable to do it. Maybe it had something to do with the teacher. But any other time, it was like, yeah, I just got to agree. And like, I'm like, why is this stuff even being brought into nursing? Like, you're learning about health. Why? Are, are you talking about like the way certain races are treated? I'm like, oh, you're supposed to be learning how to just heal people. Like this yeah. is very bizarre. It seems like a waste. Like if, if our health, you know, providers are waste, I would consider wasting time on this stuff. Like what else could they be learning that could be life-saving? I don't know. I don't know either. I mean, I think it's interesting because, similar to like we started things out like I think there are elements of truth in everything like dei is something that i think there's actually a lot of really good things about like i enjoyed like being um being in california like i'd never really experienced like uh like being around like a lot of uh, asian population and i like never really had any asian friends growing up and when we got there, I was shocked. I was like, there's no black people here. Like, there's no black people in the Bay Area. It's like the weirdest thing, you know? And I started being like, why? Like, why are, why is it that way? And, you know, like, we're, we're all from this area, right? Like, we're mm -hmm. used to it being like one way. It's the opposite there. I think in the end, like, I think diversity is a good thing. Like, on its face, diversity is a good thing. Oh, I, right? yeah, I, love I it. think equity, I think like all inclusion, like all those things are great. Like we, we did a training course once where it was like, what's it mean to be an inclusive colleague? And people are like, Oh man, what's this going to be? And it's like, <laughs> if somebody's on zoom and you're in the office, you should be asking them if they have an opinion, even though they're not in the room. And I'm like, uh, this is like the most obvious stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah, inclusion is, we should be doing this. I think a lot of things boil down to good ideas, horrible execution. And that's how I feel about a lot of the laws that like are on the opposing side. It's like, 
I like the idea that this started at. I just think your execution of it is in poor taste. They're yeah. just not good. It's just. I think the principles anyway. are right. Yeah. Like, uh, I think, like, he hasn't come up a lot. But if we were talking about Jesus, Jesus wouldn't be like, no, I don't believe in diversity, equity, and inclusion. But the political narrative around those things, like, that's a whole other thing, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's really tricky. Like, I think of when you're a kid and you're in school right now and you're dealing with, like, all the dynamics of that stuff, and then imagining, like, what your parents think at home, like, you're not escaping it there, right? Mm-hmm. Like, regardless of what side your parents fall on, like, you're probably hearing it there, too. Like, this is dumb or that we shouldn't be doing this, like, saying stuff. Like, it's got to be such a confusing time, right? And then if you're on, God forbid, like, if you're a kid and you have, like, a phone and you're on TikTok, right? And you're, like, <laughs> watching this thing. That's the main thing I like from Ben Shapiro is, like, him responding to those TikTok uh-huh. videos. That's, like, the best content he's made, but... Yeah. How confusing could it, like... Yeah. So I actually... I'm going to put you on the spot here because I'm curious about something. So I... Ha- do you have TikTok? Oh, you don't have... I don't. All right. So I had a TikTok for the <laughs> account here. Yeah. I think about a band... I, I literally... I, I'm disgusted by what gets put in my face because I have to look at, like, a full video before I can move on to my page. Mm. Maybe I don't know what I'm doing. But that's how it seems. Every time I open up the app, it, I want it to bring me right to my page because I'll get... It's not that I even get sucked in, but there's been a few times where I've browsed through just to see what, like, I don't get it. How's this different? Um, But one of the things I realized as I'm going through, like, when they're advertising, like, the top liked things or the top people. And I don't know how to say this without sounding horrible. Uh, But a lot of the top things are people with serious medical defects, um, body dysmorphia, maybe, in, like, some cases, like... um, then there's people who are like with Tourette's or diseases, cancer patients. It's taking, again, I'm really going to be trying to be careful because I don't want to downplay the fact that this is bringing joy to that person's life who like yeah. probably before, like in a, in a different lifetime would have lived a miserable life. Mm. But I'm looking at it from the perspective, not of them, but of me who isn't in that position watching them and being the reason why they have millions of followers. And it's like, what is it about, people with defects that we feel like we need to heighten up. I don't know how to say this. Like I was thinking of that. And then I was thinking about on American Idol or the voice, when you see somebody coming out with a defect and then they blow your mind with like this amazing voice or something. Yeah. And it's like, what is this? Are we just like, um, it almost reminded me of like the freak shows where you're just paying admission to go and be a voyeur stuff that they used to do. Yeah. I felt that. That's how I felt. And I was like, I don't like mm. this because I feel like I'm just watching. Like, this person isn't actually bringing any value to me. Like, what they're saying is a, is like a fortune cookie thing. Like, there's yeah. nothing valuable here. So why does this person have millions? Like, and I don't want to say that because I don't want to hurt them. And this is probably really bringing joy to their life. But then at the same time, it's like, what is this teaching us? What is this doing to us that people are just constantly staring at people like in these horrible positions and like praising them not for like, I, think I don't know just for like mediocrity is, i don't yeah, know like, like trying am I crazy? to be compassionate like th- these people obviously have like unfortunate circumstances and why not like give them the opportunity to like be celebrated right like if someone's missing an arm or something like that like they're not gonna they're not going to have opportunities to do something that like someone who isn't maybe does like i think that that's probably the thought behind it all 
how do we give these people an opportunity to like be in the limelight, you know? But it's like that with TikTok. I mean, for maybe it's curtailed to me because I watched one. I don't know. Like, I get that. Yeah, maybe you just messed their algorithm <laughs> up. They're like, what is this guy into? It's like yeah. all, like, I feel like everything I'm looking at is something unnatural. Like, oh, here's a burn victim who lost, you know, all of his skin because of a fire. Like, that's horrible. Now I'm curious about his story. What were you searching for? Nothing. <laughs> this was like just opening the app and I've oh, never really? liked anything. Never Like, this was just what... It started out with Tourette's. It was this girl who's like famous on there who has Tourette's. And I'm like watching well, her. I'm like, this is weird. Like, I'm obviously like I'm giggling at some of her tics. And that's why I watched a couple of videos. And then I felt weird. I was like, this is dumb. Like, this is some young girl with I Tourette's. I think TikTok's like, are just bad in it general. It all felt toxic. Yeah. Like, the... I think, you know, I hate to bring it up, but like Rogan did that whole thing where he talked with, um, what's his name, from the Society of uh, Humane Technology or whatever it's oh, called. Oh, is this the Boston Dynamics? No. Um, I forget his name, but... They talked about how like TikTok is different in China. Oh, that's yeah. actually what um, got me to download TikTok. Right. Yeah, I mean it's completely different see. here than it is there. Like they ask you if you want a break. They try to put like instead of running ads and like you know seamlessly like jumping you in the next video. Like they mm. give you like a math problem to do, like stuff like really? that. Yeah. I it's maybe like, I didn't listen to the whole episode. The whole and and listen to this. This is the most interesting part. Apparently in China, uh, TikTok closes for the day. Like it has open close hours. So like mm-hmm. opens at a certain time and it closes a certain time. Um, like it's related to when kids go to school and stuff like that. So they can only engage with it at certain times. And mm-hmm. it like it's it's just not like as addictive and it's not as like carnal, I would say. Like the content is very different. Well, that was the one thing that stuck out to me in that episode is um, when they were talking about the algorithm is based to show creativity and productivity here. and like to inspire in China. Whereas here it's like they're purposely pushing like these mind numbing influencing videos yeah. and dance and just dumbing down. Yeah. It's yeah. weird. So then you have to ask yourself like why? <laughs> well, that was what really got yeah, me on the thing. So like know. I downloaded it to see and then I was like, I'm not, I don't want to actually do this. So I, I wound up just making a page for the podcast and then I only go on there to upload every once in a while and I, I really just don't like it. Yeah. But then I started noticing everybody on here. It's like, here's a guy with a burn. I'm going to flip up and oh, here's a dog with uh, two legs and weird. he's missing his two front legs. I'm like, this is just weird that everybody... <laughs> and I'm like, I don't want to be the jerk to be like, why are all these people deformed yeah. and like Tourette's and disease and they, oh, here's a lady who's dying of cancer. I'm like, this is just not edifying me at all. But I can't say that because it's edifying to this individual. So yeah. I just felt like this is just not for me. And like, I don't, I don't, I, I haven't been on in a very long time. I don't like it. I guess the challenge I would say is like, you know, there's just be like the only thing you can offer that person in that format is like a like yeah. or whatever. So you're not going to contribute anything to them anyway. Maybe they get some like temporary satisfaction from like the engagement they get, which is nice, but Yeah. It just felt like an excuse to stare. It 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 seems weird. Yeah, I've that's probably like it's a good reason to stay off those platforms for me. It's like I don't know. There's stuff in the world that like I just don't want to like 
for me primarily it's like i just don't want to like have like access and like all these weird like semi like pornographic things like thrown around at me all the time you know like twitter was like that twitter i'd be like how can this be on twitter this you is can put really... anything on the twitter right what you can put anything on twitter right? anything yeah like they have to one. moderate that it's insane there would be like torture videos on there and stuff you'd be like this is like i can't i remember seeing a video on twitter of like I think it was in China. There was, like, a kid in a bathtub, and they were, like, shocking him with a cattle prod. And I remember being, like, I don't ever want to see stuff like this. Like, I really don't. Like, I don't want to have that in my mind. And being, like, the only reason I have seen this is because of the stupid, like, social media machine. There's no other reason this would ever be visible to me. So, like, you just remove it. And, yeah, I mean think about it right like kids get phones when they're like 11 if not younger i'm sure the average age is younger but i don't know like they all of that stuff is accessible to them like the it's the same thing with youtube like everyone talks about like how youtube's content filters don't work and your kids always oh, end YouTube up seeing kids? weird stuff like i have to go on to thatcher's youtube kids and just start blocking and block and it's not so much the weird stuff a lot of that did get fixed yeah um but it's just very mind-numbing things that I'm like, this is this is dumbing you down. Like I put this on here because you were watching like videos that were teaching you things, and you were using them while you were doing something in real life here. Mm-hmm. Now you're watching a kid play with toys, and I don't like that at all. Like, yeah, I can't stand it. Yeah, like that's a weird one. Kid watching other kids play yeah. with toys is weird. Yeah, or even what. <laughs> Is deemed like normal kid stuff. Yeah. A lot of the agendas in there, I'm like, my son is not ready to learn about that. Like, he was watching Disney, and I had, I was like, why does he have a kid's account? Like, I'm going to put him, I, so I made him an adult account, because the only thing I thought was being removed was like Disney classics, the things I would have the least amount of issue with. Well, there was more things I didn't realize. I had to switch them back. But there was this thing, it was like Spark Shorts, I think it was called. Hmm. And it was like um, an offshoot of Pixar, I believe, or DreamWorks, one of the two. And it was cartoons that were very not kid-friendly. Like, I watched one with them, and they, they cursed in it a few times. Really? And I was like, what is going on here? Like, yeah. Like, the one was, it It was like a ball of yarn who went to work with, like, a bunch of suits. And it was actually really good. Like, I enjoyed it as an adult. Huh. The idea of, like, accepting and rather than forming into something you're not to please other people, just be yourself, and they either accept you or they don't. And that was a great message, but it was not for kids. Yeah. And then there was another one um, that was called Out, and I knew right away what it was. It was about uh, a guy who comes out as being gay. And I'm like, I get it. Like, I get that that's where society's going, and I can see how that could be. Yeah. But my son is four years old and doesn't need to see that. So, like, anyway, I, obviously, I switched him back to a kid's account, and that stuff disappeared right away. But I'm just like, the content that people think is good for kids, like, I've even seen things that I'm not okay with. Like, things... Like, Out might have other things in it that made it not suitable for the mm-hmm. kid's account, but the fact that it was about a guy coming out was not the reason why it got removed. And that's the stuff that I see on YouTube coming through, like, where different ideologies are just, like, trickled in through some cartoons that he mm-hmm. watches. And I won't say anything to him in the moment. I will go on afterwards and be like, hey, let's do something else, and, and I'll go on and remove that account. Yeah. But I have to be, like, really careful with it. Yeah. Now he doesn't go on it when I mean he shouldn't be going on it when we're not around yeah. anymore. But anyway, we don't we don't have a TV right now, and when we had a TV, we had like 
we bought the stuff that they could watch. So we'd be like, you know, we like have like every Lego movie like imaginable and like a, you know, a bunch of like a ton of movies. And it's not like we don't watch Disney or anything like that. Um, but like we just kind of like screen them, you know, and it's like if this one seems like fine, like I don't care. Like they can watch it. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter to me. Um, I think the most shocking thing I noticed was like, Brie wanted to watch, I think she was watching Aristocats. And like when you start Aristocats from Disney Plus, it it has like a disclaimer, like a warning. Like this is like, you know, basically like it's bad. Yeah. You know? And I was like, whoa. Like I, I never even think I saw Aristocats, but I can't even remember like what it was in it now that was a problem, but. I think it was, oh, it's the Siamese cat. Oh, okay. That's apparently what it is. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's like, it's interesting. They put like warnings on that stuff, but not on anything else. Yeah. Well, that came from backlash they got from some of the older cartoons. It makes sense. And so then they, almost all their old cartoons now have some sort of warning about something racist or wrong. And they're removed from the kids' accounts. But that's, like you said, it's like that was removed from the kids' account. Yeah. Like, I can't watch The Fox and the Hound on his kid's account, or I don't think that might be on there, but I can't watch these old things like Aristocrat or Aristocats, but some of these other things that are, like, putting ideas that are very adult is okay. Yeah. Interesting. It's weird, like, what they think is okay for kids and not. I'm like, they're not the parent. I am. And so, like, that's always been the case, but I don't think past generations had to worry about that as much. Like, the culture is shifting to where mostly I guess my conservative or Christian beliefs are, are starting to really sway away from what is norm in culture and society. I have two questions for you. Yeah. First one is what do I do if I need to use the bathroom? Oh, well, I think we're actually going to wrap up pretty soon, <laughs> um, but uh, I will show you. I don't know if you, unless you have to run right now. No, I can wait. The second question is, yeah. um, do you think DeSantis is going too far with just like the Disney thing? Oh, uh, I mean, I don't know why they would ever have rights like that. Like, I don't know if anything's changed. The tax stuff, I was like, yeah, why would they have that in the first place? And again, it might be that I just don't know enough, but it seemed weird. He seems like he's personally trying to, like, wage war against, like, an ideology. I think he's been... The first time I got the glimpse of that was when he was talking about... What was it? It was something with Twitter where they were blocking something or he was saying, like, you know, if it's posted here, then you have to... Form, you know, form to these laws, which mm-hmm. is kind of like how California has changed the auto industry by saying, if a car is released here, it has to be up to the standards. Now the whole country, you know, they're not going to make a separate car for California. Mm-hmm. So I felt like he was almost trying to do that. And that comes off very authoritarian to me, but it's being packaged in a nice little conservative box that is enticing. So I don't know. I don't dislike the guy. I just think yeah. right now things are getting a little weird. Like I liked it better when he was just more about freedoms and not fighting. Yeah. Yeah, everyone... Yeah, it feels like the trend right now is towards authoritarianism regardless of the party, Mm -hmm. right? Which is weird. It's, you know... I think that there are some people that would probably, like, stomach it because they're like, well, I need... Like, we need to go the other direction for a while, right? Like, Mm -hmm. this is kind of how it's always been. Like, we ping-pong back and forth and no one ever actually accomplishes anything. But... It seems like they've accomplished a lot in the last, like, two years, you know? And I think people are literally like, well, like, 
Yeah, DeSantis might be like going kind of crazy, but like, even if he is, like, it's going to be like corrective measure against like what's happening now. But it's weird. Like, I thought last election was the best opportunity for a third party. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Was there ever a better opportunity? And no one stepped up except Kanye, who I should have voted for to wrap that up. But uh, yeah, like it's happening again. I have to assume that he's making moves. I think he's going to run, whether it's as you don't think so. I think if he does and Trump runs, it's a nightmare. Trump clears the field yeah. for anyone, so you're going to get the orange man again, and you're going to get who knows. Well, if who, he ran as Republican, yeah. then it wouldn't hurt the final vote. It would be more of, you know, the primaries. Sure. So if they both ran as Republicans, I would be m- much more open to it, rather than them running together, which I think would be really strong. But I think anyway, the reason I brought that up is yeah. I have to imagine that's at least in his. In his view. You think you that's know? why he's doing it? I think everything he's doing yeah. or has been doing since Joe Biden won has yeah. been through the lens of possible presidential run. I mean, how could it not? I, I don't disagree with you. I just... So, I don't know tough. why that seems like it would be helpful to him. Yeah. But I have to imagine there's somebody talking in his ear of like, this is going to help you. There's, I have so many theories about how this should break down. Like, again, not registered Republican, can't even vote in the primary. But I guess <laughs> if Trump clears the field, right, which he will do if they both run, you get mm-hmm. Trump again. Maybe. No, you do. I if mean, DeSantis the polls... and Trump ran, I would switch over to DeSantis. And I know I'm not alone. I like Trump, but I don't think he's helping. I think he's he's kindling or you know he's fuel for a fire and i want someone that's going to put this fire out do you think that trump should stay in the field until closer to the actual like primaries and stuff like that and then drop out so he can kind of like be the uh like whatever the wrench. shield yeah. like uh, people can all like the media speculation everything goes towards him and then desantis slips in there as the favorite i don't think trump would back down I don't in think the he end, either. I think he he loves himself. It's going to be a nightmare again. Yeah, I think this one's going to be another disappointment, regardless of what happens. I think it's just going to be a mess. I think we really, I, what I really want, I don't, not about what I think is going to happen. What I would love to happen, yeah, is a serious moderate, the guy that Joe Biden pretended to be. I right. want that guy to run. I don't care if the guy is against a lot of things I'm for. I want a guy that is going to be unifying and truly moderate. A guy that's going to step out. And piss off both sides and please both sides in everything he does because we can't go in a whole opposite direction in a healthy way without meeting in the middle first. So I don't, I mean, that's my view. No, I, that's why I was asking the question. So I want to moderate. It's like you swing back and forth, this pendulum like keeps swinging back and forth. And yeah, the third party things like somebody moderate would be great. Mm -hmm. Um, Joe was supposed to be moderate. I mean, I, I never thought he was going to be, but it was interesting that he ran as one. Yeah. And now they say that like his he's trying to be like LBJ, right? Yeah. Who was not moderate. But I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. I just thought it would be interesting to ask you about that because DeSantis is so like fiery about the Disney stuff. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, where are we headed? 
a lot of the stuff I hear, I'm just dismissing as election season is coming, and I just don't really know what to think. I don't really take seriously anything that's being done or said mm. right now. That's, I mean, that's really where I, I fall with it. I think a lot of it is, is a circus, and we're watching the Ringling Brothers coming through town. That's probably a good way to look at it. Just turn the radio off for now. Yeah. yeah. Just listen to Better Call Saul again. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. Is there anything you wanted to leave or something we didn't bring up? Or No, man. No? This is great. This was fun, dude. It's good to catch up with you, honestly. This yeah, is yeah. a fun way to catch up. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> yeah, dude, these conversations don't happen enough. And it's, it's nice because you know, I mentioned this a bunch before. It's like anytime you try and do this, mm-hmm. like something gets brought up and we IMDb it. And then, you know, in this platform, there's no TV, there's no nothing. So it's like, yeah, we'll IMDb it. We'll look up references. And then we're back into the conversation. Mm-hmm. Whereas if we were just hanging out, upstairs there would be no reason to not branch off into something else and get a distraction right, yeah i love the we're constantly being brought back to like this is why we're here so like the conversation even though it's not being forced is always being the main focus yeah i love it it's yeah, fun. i always appreciate it yeah so anyway well thank you for coming on dude of course I appreciate it my pleasure and thank you guys for listening and until next time oh actually in case you i might say this in the beginning i don't even know but i am going to be taking next month off i'm going to be going on vacation so I guess this would be a time for you to go catch up on any episodes that you missed in the past. And uh, yeah, thank you. Bye. I think I like when it rains. You told me to go to the light.
Again. 